Hello everybody, welcome to the Cane and Rinse Podcast, Volume 7, Issue 346, Resident Evil 6. You can play along with what's left of Volume 7, Year 7 of the Cane and Rinse Podcast, and the games you'll need to have played to avoid spoilers are the following. The Last Guardian, Zone of the Enders, the second runner, Resident Evil 7, Biohazard, or, and or, if you want, Final Fantasy 7. Canerince.com is the place to go for the entire schedule. But that's it for now. We haven't announced any more and not exactly sure where we will be announcing some more, but uh, towards the end of the year, maybe just before Christmas, maybe just after, maybe just after the new year. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. Canerince.com is the place to go. You can get each Canerince podcast a week early, earlier than non-subscribers for just one US dollar a month. That doesn't mean we only want the donations from our US listeners. You can donate wherever you are in the world on patreon.com slash and it will automatically equate it to the local currency currently around 77 pence or 78 pence after a, another dodgy week for the pound. 0.88 of a euro a month. That is to get every show early and extended in many cases. Not every show, but most shows will be extended by anything from sort of five to ten minutes up to half an hour or more patreon.com slash rinse as i say if you just fancy a one-off donation just to uh, chuck us a tip like we have a paypal there's a button on the home page don't forget we have two other podcasts now sound of play comes out on wednesdays and that's all about video games music we have guests guest composers community contributions and all sorts of fun with games music on the friday we have the sausage factory a new string to our bow which is interviews with the de- uh, developers with chris o'regan industry and podcasting veteran uh, subscribe review and rate all of our shows wherever you get them whatever platform apple podcasts uh, is probably most helpful uh, for us reviews and ratings actually help us go up the charts as well as downloads subscribe of course that's just the best thing you can do and tell your friends and follow us on social media instagram facebook twitter all that now joining me leon cox in issue 346 are carl moon hey everyone and leah haydu leon <laughs> it's the wrong game she's, but you know she's I, back i just had to pull that out one more time <laughs> There's a few shouts of uh, Leon, but uh, yeah, not not in not the Ashley the voice, same, but in yes. the, <laughs> a few in the Sherry voice, uh, a few in the Chris voice. Yes, that, that one. I, I, I don't quite have that one down as well, but uh, yeah, we, we, we can work on it. All right. So, this is a game that uh, we try to come into games uh, with. And I, I guess it's always hard to come into an older game with a completely open mind, but uh, I think there's a there's a sense that the consensus about this game is extremely negative. Uh, actually, it didn't review terribly at the time, but we'll come on to that. Uh, so I'm going to feature some correspondence throughout from our community, which reflects uh, a, an interesting spread of opinions, probably more of a spread of opinion than there is among your panel here today. Uh, but... We've had a couple of comments recently here and there saying, you know, why don't, uh, why doesn't Kana Rince cover terrible games? And like, maybe if you want to, you know, if you think it would be fun to hear us reviewing what we thought was a terrible game, maybe this is the show for you. <laughs> uh, just basing that on the opinions I know, at least of my colleagues here. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a slightly different show. We, we do a lot of shows where, for obvious reasons, we elect to play games that we love, but 
one of the good things about doing a, a full series, as we found with Silent Hill, is that sometimes the games that you didn't appreciate before you find a new appreciation of or sometimes you just end up playing the games again that you didn't enjoy the first time and you get to distill your opinions as to as to why that might have been and so on and so forth and of course terrible is so subjective isn't it the amount of times that we have talked about something said something <laughs> slightly bad about it and people have jumped on us so yeah, yeah, well, yes, we had uh, we we got we got quite a lot of uh, abuse for for our braid show where virtually the entire panel was negative about this game that is very well loved by people and that just absolutely proves the subjectivity of both good and bad. Uh and we know there are people out there who absolutely love Resident Evil 6. Um, there's quite a lot of people who don't. So, uh I'm going to start with a bit of a uh, bit of forum correspondence from the baboon baron who says too many cooks or a variation on the idea at least too many ideas too many characters too many competitors too many glitches too many people to please but most of all too many cooks every fashionable game mechanic of the time is in resident evil 6 and it's always to its detriment this is a game that was driven by test groups and spreadsheets not by fear and passion a soulless, wretched entry to the series. If Resident Evil 4 was our last crusade, then Resident Evil 6 is our kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Ooh. So it's only up from there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> so Capcom made and produced this game. We've covered uh, how many it is now? Uh, Ten or something up to this point? I'm, I'm not quite, I've slightly lost count. There were two or three numbered entries, two or three non-numbered entries, I should say, including the prequel. Uh, we've covered almost one a month and we have one to go. Uh, the director was Eichiro Sasaki, a new director to this series, having previously worked on the Resident Evil Outbreak games. Producer was uh, Yoshiaki Hirabayashi, who had been involved with the series before. Uh, lead game designer Jiro Taoka hasn't made a game since. Wow. Yep. That's, uh, that, I, it's so easy to kind of go into the, yeah, well, that, that tracks. That, I, I believe it. But I, I mean, that's just outside of that, that is interesting. I, I wonder pause. how much of that mm. was related to mm. the reception of the game. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough industry, isn't it? And you don't sure. really want to hit on anyone in any strange way because obviously the director too hasn't worked on anything since, um, no. that being Ichiro Sasaki. And mm. without, I mean, it, it is a ruthless business. I mean, you only need to look at so many industry names to actually see how they talk about it and you wouldn't, certainly wouldn't wish ill on any of them, even though you Perhaps see that rubbish. Perhaps although they've got no published credits, they are, perhaps they are working on the the most amazing Resident Evil guide end ever. Exactly. Uh, Maybe they've just changed the names. Uh, yeah. I noticed that some people Could in the credits that. did use the old school uh, mock names in the credits, <laughs> which <laughs> technically got them uncredited. <laughs> so right. there is that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Jiro Tauka, who was the uh, was the lead game designer, was also previously the lead game designer on Resident Evil 5, which we also had a fairly uh, mixed reception. But overall, I think uh, we, if not everyone on the community, was largely positive about uh, Resident Evil 5, certainly as a co-op experience, even if not a Resident Evil, you know, survival horror sequel kind of thing. Uh, the development began in full in 2009, early 2009. Uh, Resident Evil 5 producer Jun Takeuchi said that he considered a completely new system for Resident Evil 6 and therefore ruled out his involvement. March 2009, co-producer Masachika Kawata stated that the new instalment was not decided upon but admitted that it could take Capcom four to eight years to develop. Uh, 
Kawata also later claimed that the new game would be drastically different from its predecessors. In March 2012, Capcom admitted that the survival horror market was too small and so the development team would instead choose to orientate the gameplay around the action genre. Simon Sloth from the forum. Uh, this is, uh, by, by Simon's own admission, a little speculative, more than a little speculative and more than a little reductive, but it was entertaining, so I've included it nonetheless. It has taken me five years to finally finish Resident Evil 6. Around the time of release, there were so many alarm bells ringing, warning me not to buy this game. I ignored these like the Resident Evil fan I was, and I could not have been more disappointed. I kept thinking to myself, what is this thing I'm playing? It felt like Resident Evil for fans of the terrible Paul W.S. Anderson films, not a Mikami-inspired masterpiece. I turned it off a little into Chris's campaign, which I found to be truly terrible in the initial few hours. The game felt sickeningly focus-grouped, like they'd taken aside some audience members from the latest Resident Evil film and asked them what they'd like to see. I can imagine the conversation in the boardroom after they'd collected the audience feedback. Turns out people didn't like our last game as much as we thought. What? Why not? What do they want from us now? They want better voice acting, like in Uncharted. Oh, Nolan North's busy, so let's get Troy Baker and Batman. Great. Next. Chris Redfield was apparently too muscular in five. 20% less muscle. Fine. Everyone keeps moaning about moving and shooting, so let's give them that. But didn't we publicly say about five that making it a run-and-shoot game would not be a Resident Evil title? Did we say that? Yes, but Uncharted and Gears sold millions. Okay, let's throw it in. Yes, and some quick traversal for good measure too. Next. I don't think players thought co-op was good enough, so we should scrap that. No, no, no. We were right. They were wrong. Let's double it. Are you sure? They also want a stronger narrative. Not enough story. Let's give them more than any previous game. Should we double that too? No, no. Let's quadruple it and let them play as every character. Everyone applauds and pats each other on the back, thinking they've created the greatest game ever. I'm probably being reductive about the creative process, but this is how it appears. It's like they took on every criticism and dialed it up or down accordingly. It's always nice to feel that feedback is acknowledged, but this seems like a step too far and misses the essence of Resident Evil's origins completely. So it's interesting because he says that it's reductive, but there is elements of that that 100% ring true. And that is boardroom decisions in games design. Because the references to Gears and Uncharted are definitely there, as are multiple other games. I mean, Metal Gear Solid's in there, almost certainly uh, little parts of Bayonetta. So we're talking about games that were 20, 2009 through to 2011 in development. Mm. And we can definitely mm -hmm. see the impact of all those games that they've tried to tweak uh, or implement features of. So... Without a doubt, boardroom decisions came into it. And we've seen it from different companies at different times. Mm. Um, and we already knew from quotes that they had stepped away from the survival horror genre for being too small. Now, that's actually true because the action genre is bigger than the survival horror genre in terms of sales. Yeah. So we yeah. know that these decisions were made for business reasons. Sure. Better to sell a you know sell four million copies or whatever of your survival horror game than than one million of your of your action game that doesn't review well of course we'll come on to the sales figures mm -hmm. so the game was released for ps3 and 360 between 2nd and 4th october 2012 the pc version followed a few months later march 
2013. Uh, wasn't day and date back then, always. Uh, also, the PC version uh, on 4th April 2013, a Left 4 Dead 2 crossover DLC was released for the PC version, adding the main characters and two monsters from Left 4 Dead 2 to the PC exclusive The Mercenaries No Mercy mode in Resident Evil 6. Various weapons, characters and monsters from Resident Evil 6 have also been added as optionally downloadable replacement skins on the PC version of Left 4 Dead 2. Left 4 Dead 2, one of my favourite games of all time there. Uh, PS4 and Xbox One versions arrived, suggesting that Capcom still believed despite everything that there was uh, there was a market for the next gen remaster i think i haven't played it i don't think it's a massive upgrade from the previous versions i'm sure it's just a, a spit and polish kind of job based on the other uh, the other versions yes the, sure. the short answer to that is yes <laughs> yeah so the reviews at the time it seems that they sent out mainly copies of the xbox 360 version 56 reviews of that game averaged in at 69.03%. Now, that's the sort of average review score that generally sees people say it's been kicked all over town, which isn't necessarily really the case. Uh, but it's interesting. Uh, the PC version reviewed similarly. Uh, the PS3 version actually reviewed slightly better. I'm not sure if there's any technical reason for that or simply that there were fewer review reviews of it to take it down. Uh, 21 reviews averaging almost 74%. Uh, perhaps that sounded slightly more tempting than the sub-70% average of the 360 version. When the Xbox One PS4 version came out, there, again, there was a disparity. And again, I don't know if it's to do with performance on the individual systems, which I would guess to be identical. Again, it's just it shows, I guess it just shows if you only have six or eight reviews of a game, in this case, that is quite divisive, you end up with a kind of split opinion so the xbox one version in 2016 from six reviews averaged at 63 percent meh the ps4 version from eight reviews you can take that down to 51 percent hmm. and we are now even if you take 50 percent as completely average uh, i think for most people once you're in that sort of bracket you're in the i'm definitely not spending any money on that game sort of territory um but you know it has been on sale for like six quid recently, I notice. Um, so I guess some people will have taken a punt at that price, even despite this uh, tepid to, to mediocre reception. Uh, user reviews, often more telling, I think. Uh, this is people who have just given a score to the game based on their experience on various sites. So in the case of IMDb, there are 2,800-odd people who have registered a vote for this game, and it's on a OK, decent 7 out of 10, 7.0. Metacritic, similar, 6.8. It's curious. However, uh, Hiroyuki Kobayashi said, The fans and us as creators are the two parents, and just like real parents, you're not always going to agree on what is the best for raising that child. We want to make sure that what we do pleases them, but the initial reaction might not always be positive. We do listen to the fans, but we can't be beholden to them at every turn, or I don't think we'll ever make progress in terms of the series development. And the thing is, I actually agree with him on yeah, that. I, do. not, I don't necessarily agree with the decisions they made on this game, but overall, I think you can't... It's actually, it sort of goes against what some of our correspondents were saying about the game being kind of overly focus-tested and an attempt to appease all these areas of the market. But actually, I think 
that probably based on having played it, I think that's what I think the the design did go down the route of trying to tick lots of boxes that other games uh, were were ticking. It's the kind of thing that the quote that out of context seems overly harsh but it depends on what you apply it to so if you read that alongside resident evil 6 something that we know didn't necessarily review that well it seems yeah. harsh and people say well maybe they should have listened a bit more but yeah. if you flip it to another capcom game and say street fighter yeah. and you say actually you know what they probably were right to go their way and what or they've Resi done 4. i mean that or, was yeah, a, exactly yeah. the same so it kind of yeah. depends on the context of the game we're talking about if you'd said that about uh like street fighter 5 which is a relatively recent title mm. um and people were concerned about the way it handled certain decisions but now we look at it and go actually you know what they were right to go their own way because if you only appeased the fans you'd end up with kind of the same product that we had with four yes um and it so turned out true. well, but this is obviously less well. Yeah, seemingly I think that'll so. be an interesting thing to revisit when we cover Resident Evil 7. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. at when the game had sold just under 5 million copies, sales plateaued and Capcom reduced their expectations. There were news stories at the time saying that uh, they'd had to yeah, reconsider what they thought was realistic for the game. However, as of this month, November 2018... All versions of Resident Evil 6 combined have sold over 10 million copies, making it Capcom's second best-selling title of all time. That's kind of depressing. <laughs> but uh, again, I think it's worth remembering that there are things like, uh, as you were saying, you know, if, if there's um, a six pound version of this floating around, I, I the version that I played uh, as a refresher for this recording, I got in a bundle. Uh, well, it was granted a mistake bundle, but um, I got a bundle of uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. a lot of Resident <laughs> Evil games bundled together for I don't remember what it was, 20 or 30 dollars um, on the Xbox One. So, I mean, that's yeah. a if you take all of those things into consideration, people who are going to pick it up for, for, you know, $5 or what have you, just because it's that much, then I guess that maybe makes a little bit more sense. I wonder it what does. the, uh, what and the, to complete the set. Yeah. What the, um, the volume would be or what, what, like what kind of money they made we, on it as opposed we, to just number we of copies. Of know. Now there is no, I, I checked, I don't think there is a figure out there for the, the actual development cost, but there mm. is speculation that it was a kind of hundred million dollar, Mm -hmm. title yeah. the game as i understand it because it sold those uh, four million in fairly uh, short order before the game was kind of reduced so that's you know five million at or near full price and then the pc version came out on steam and sold over over one and a quarter million copies mm -hmm. when it was new at near full price so actually it sold over six million copies at near or full price so i think it i think it did okay for them which makes it even more interesting that how critical they view the the public perception of it in the sense that despite it making quite a lot of money they still basically chucked everything about it away for the next game in the series well i think which that's is that's, cool um I've I've heard and I sadly I don't have like a, a concrete source for this or quote, but um I have heard people say anecdotally that a lot of the time when a game reviews poorly like this, 
especially in a big series, uh, it's not necessarily that game that suffers. It's the next one because people are, you know, they if if they're spending money on it to discover yeah, that yeah. it is bad or that they Just don't like it, um, then yeah, yeah, they they're they've already spent that money. You know, you're already going to see yes. those sales figures. But if the word of mouth is bad and Resident Evil Seven comes out and it's exactly the same as Resident Evil Six, people Absolutely. are going to look at that and say, oh well, I played Resident Evil Six. I spent sixty dollars mm. on that. Yeah. I'm not making that mistake again. Whereas yeah. if it comes out and it's something different, they can say, okay, well, maybe they actually learned something from the mistakes that they made on this one, and we can go back to it. So yeah. I, I think maybe, I, if I had to guess, that would be what I would say maybe yeah, they were no, kind of got on. Yeah. People and definitely also become just... tentative, but it also ruins Capcom's reputation, yes. not even yes, just exactly. Resident Evil. And we have seen this with other developers where it has oh, yeah, massively sure. impacted them on other franchises. Yeah. So you've got to be careful. Absolutely right. Yeah, it's about the overall image of the, the company and the brand. And yeah, there's so much at stake more mm -hmm. than just yeah that one game. It's interesting. Uh, so our histories with the game then. Leah, where were we in your Resident Evil <sighs> over at this point? And uh, we, we, I can't remember because you weren't on the... Five. Were you on the five show? I was I'm not. Sorry. I was originally I... supposed to be on the five show, but I think I traded right. with somebody so that I could be on seven. Um, but yeah. I, I had did play Resident Evil five um, uh, and played it before I played Resident Evil six. Uh, yeah. So I purchased a copy of Resident Evil six at full price at launch for the Xbox 360. Uh, had I you read the reviews? Were you <sighs> flying in the face of critical? So kind of is is the answer to that um i i um i did not play it immediately at launch um mm. but i um it, it was relatively close I, I i knew of the reviews when i purchased it i knew of the reviews when i played it for the first time um but at the time that i played it which was a, a little after its release um somewhere around a year maybe maybe a little bit less than oh. that um but around that time i was playing a lot of co-op um with uh, um, friend of the show, Giles, who um, uh, we, we were playing a lot of uh, online co-op games. Um, and this was kind of next in the series. We had already played Resident Evil 5 uh, in co-op. And um, so <laughs> my first run through of Resident Evil 6 consisted of, um, we, we did know that it was supposed to be a, a fairly subpar experience. So mm. um, we actually downloaded the uh, language packs for the game, turned off the subtitles and put them into languages that neither of us spoke and okay. just kind of riffed off and made our own story about it, um, which was a lot more entertaining, it turns out, than the actual story because um, I, I have, I've watched some Let's Plays off and on. Like I, I knew kind of after that what the actual story was, um, but I had not played it through myself in you know English or any <laughs> language that I actually do speak. Um, so... My uh, intention was to play through the game again uh, in, you know, in English. And uh, I had, uh, as I mentioned before, a, uh, a copy on the Xbox One from that bundle that I purchased uh, a little ways back. So I played that version uh, all the way through. Um, this time, not in co-op at all. I just played uh, by myself. And um, yeah, well, the <laughs> here's what I can say, and we'll get into this a little bit later. Um, the, the AI is okay. Um, that's one partner of the more AI, positive things. Yes, the partner AI is right. is okay. Um, <laughs> mm -hmm. That's one of the more positive things that I will be saying about this game. Um, other than that, it is 
I had fun with it the first time around, but not necessarily by anything the game was doing, uh, kind of almost in despite in in spite of rather the game um so uh take that as you will i suppose but uh, yes i played the entirety of this game through twice once in co-op once not in co-op uh so i i have probably the most experience whatever that means (laughs) (laughs) do you remember either of you actually before we talk about mine and carl's histories do you either of you actually have a strong recollection a genuine strong recollection let's not speculate here of what the what the kind of reaction was on on social media because i don't really remember i i it must have just been pretty i don't remember it being quite extreme as it is with some games which which seems odd because there's you know a lot of people seem to really loathe this game i don't remember any big massive either hype for it or backlash other than it's out and it's kind of meh yeah, I remember. I, yeah. I remember being more of. Uh, remember there being more of a reaction to Resident Evil Five than I do yes. to Six. Yeah. I, I don't remember yeah. much about Six in no. in social media. Clearly, people were buying it. Yeah, oh and yeah, playing yeah. It. Maybe everybody yeah. was just too embarrassed to admit it. <laughs> yeah, I spent <laughs> no, I think... sixty dollars on this. It's my fault. The thing that I remember is the E three announcement where it was kind of this atmospheric action led game but it didn't mm. reveal itself to be resident evil until the end and there was all these questions where it was there was little fan service little references in the trailer and it was almost yeah. is is this resident e- no is it and it was kind of you were kind of on the fence but you could see it was really trying to go down the uncharted route and it was interesting and then when they announced that it was resident evil it was almost did the opposite effect of people went oh no that's not what i want from resident evil and it's kind of, it had that strange balance on social media of some people going, well, you know what, it might be okay. And other people going, it doesn't really set the right tone for what we were expecting. And there was kind mm. of that disparity rather than just overall excitement for a new change. Whereas mm. the Resident Evil 7 one, which I'm sure you'll talk about on that show, was kind of, oh, what's this? This is strange being first person. And then it was revealed that Resident Evil and went, oh, actually, that might be good. So mm. it was a little bit different. It was a very strange kind of not people really excited for a new Resident Evil game, which is what you would have expected. Were you excited going in, having... What was your general opinion on 5, say? I really enjoyed 5. Yeah. Now, okay. I didn't love it like I love um, Resident Evil 1, 2, and 4, Yeah. and even uh, Code Veronica, but mm. I thought it was a very solid co-op, enjoyable experience that, as a result yeah. of being co-op, lost a lot of its tone and yeah. feeling of being Resident Evil, which I yeah. don't think is a surprise to anyone. No. Nope. Um, so, so I you was... weren't like completely against the idea of six and what it, everything it stood for before you played it. <laughs> no, I, absolutely not. And I was, I was thinking, well, I'm, you know, I'm happy with another co-op game. You know, I quite enjoyed it. I just hope that it doesn't change too much from that. And the trailer Mm. had me feeling more tentative than it did exciting because it was like it was so over the top that you could imagine Michael Bay watching it at home and going, Jesus, that's a bit much. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And yeah, for that, I I did pre-order it. I pre-ordered the Steelbook. I got it day one at full price. And I heard the issues of the field of view being too in close mm. and mm. the uh, screen tearing issues and the frame rate issues and thought, you know what, I'll hold off. They might patch it. 
the day than okay. I intended to go to it. But uh, let's just say this was quite a strong year in gaming for some quality releases, and mm-hmm. um, I only tentatively played it very, very briefly. Um, I did plan to play on it with um, John from the team, and that didn't so much transpire because you know, there's a lot of games to play. And then I finally went through it on the Xbox One um, where I played it in co-op with uh, a mutual friend of mine and Darren's, um, James Perkins, where if it wasn't <laughs> for his overall level of excitement, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed my time with it as much as I did. And that's he's not a big to say Wesker that I enjoyed fan. it. Yeah. And yes. He's a big co-op fan, even though he plays co-op in the least co-op way possible. <laughs> Based on pers- personal experience. <laughs> yes, this is true. However, probably more of an advantage for this game. This game doesn't actually particularly punish you in for for playing co-op poorly, as in not you know not working together. Like Left for Dead needs you yeah. to work together, otherwise you're done. Basically, well, it, that's that's not entirely true. Uh, there are okay. some sections where you need to be executing your part. Um, sure. Yes. Not yes. perfectly necessarily, but well enough so that you are, yeah, yeah. you know, you are passing through it. It benefits you a lot um, if you the sort of asymmetrical bits where one of you's got to yeah. Push, yeah. pull a lever or crank something while the other one's riding a or defend a board your or... partner. That helps as yeah. well. You okay. can pull your yeah. partner back up if they enter um, kind of a dying state. If they're you yes. know down but not out, you can pull them That's back true. up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of I mean... the um, the uh, I, I don't even know what to call this. I was going to say one of the more fun elements, uh, but this is probably less fun and more trolly, um, and therefore it might be something that um, that that I enjoyed a little bit more for that. But if you um, if you are playing either it, it, this works either in co op or if you have a um, just an AI partner, um, if you there are a lot of doors that you need two people oh, yes. to kick in. Um, yep. And it's always the same animation, no matter which two characters you are playing as, which I find very funny. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, once you get there, if your um, if your partner is somewhere else and you initiate the the kind of co op motion to go into the next mm-hmm. area, and they're not there, you can just keep hitting that B. Well, it's on Xbox; it's the B button, and you will keep calling out to them. Just yes. you know, and eventually yeah. their their responses Bugging just get more and more upset and kind of terse until you get there. I don't care. I, you don't have to tell me again. Uh, I'm on coming. Yes, but so I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I did that a lot in uh, in co-op, but I I did that a lot in co-op. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's there's, there's several areas in the game where. It does attempt to change things up in co-op. Mm-hmm. Um, someone driving someone on the turret, one mm-hmm. section where you may be one person's looking around uh, the facility and another person's on a turret gun trying to protect them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's sections like that, and I'd, it's not a shock to anyone from this point that we'll talk about it being tonally all over the place yes, um, and trying like a million different things. Um, mm. But for the majority of the time, the main co-op thing is you may get through three doors and then suddenly the fourth door, which is exactly the same as the previous three doors, requires two of you to open. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Artificial barriering. Uh, yeah. So my history with the game was simply that I skipped the console versions. I just I think the reviews, maybe the reception that I can't remember was just not was just too tepid to excite me. I think I was just 
going to skip the game. And then uh, 2013 was the year that I was being paid to write reviews and I got sent a Steam code for it. Uh, I re- did a brief review of it. I played a couple of hours of every campaign that I could uh, and did a yeah a very short and fairly negative review. I think a two two out of five review based on my my time with the game, which was limited. But I don't think having now played the entire thing in, over the last few weeks, uh, it would have massively changed my opinion. Uh, maybe yeah, there's probably more to it than perhaps I'd. I'd clocked at that time, but actually in terms of how much fun I had. Hmm. Uh, Development was led by executive producer Hiroyuki Kobayashi, aiming to deliver the most impressive Resident Evil title ever, both in terms of scope and production values. Which leads us on to the art side. Obviously, it's always one of the first things we literally look at, visual direction and the technical side. Super user from the forum says, I played on a PC at a wonderful 60 frames per second. The game could have benefited from a field of view boost as it can be tiring on the eyes and disorientating over a long stretch of time. Graphically, the game is marvellous, rich with environmental detail and bespoke animations. I think the defaults are a little too dark, but I can't help but appreciate how this makes every screen shot immediately recognizable Uh, so everyone's opinions on the graphics might vary ever so slightly depending on which version they played Uh, so yeah but back on the 360 and ps3 there were some technical issues as well that i I didn't really experience but in terms of the actual the art the visual design how did you guys feel about it i i thought it was okay i i didn't feel especially strongly about it uh, one way or the other. One one thing I will say is that I agree with the assessment that it's very dark. Um, mm. and, and that is, there, there are a couple of sections that are um, very, uh, very bright intentionally. There are um, sections that you repeat in a couple of campaigns that are on like a, um, I, I, I don't know exactly what it is. It's like a Chinese boat market thing well i the the one with all the the bit with all the lights there's a bunch of rafts you know kind of leading up to it and then there's the bigger kind of boat that has i I don't know whether it's a market or what exactly it is but um Mm -hmm. that's very bright there's a section where you're in a kind of lab facility and everything is very very white uh including the robe that poor sherry is wearing um that uh, i don't know where they got that robe but there is no reason for it to be that low cut <laughs> it's there's yeah it's um it, the game is not terrible we've all had our butts hanging out of a hospital gown haven't we uh, yes but i think she's wearing it the wrong way then because yeah, exactly. that's not what yeah. was hanging out of that robe <laughs> um but <laughs> Isn't uh, it yeah. weird how the the little child from resident evil 2 has mysteriously grown up to be a conventionally hot woman well yeah it's bizarre yeah <laughs> weird how every single woman in this game has <laughs> the exact same bust line uh and also there are there's there's a somewhat distressing propensity for really women to perverted. be naked and slimy and oh yeah <laughs> like this is not comfortable like she's they're trying to make this zombie slimy woman very hot because she has very large breasts and she's, she's very gray, naked. green and, yeah. and scarred yeah i that's don't know gross. i i, I <laughs> This I think very, it kind of worked on a horror me. level in the sense that it did actually make me uncomfortable in that in that I, respect. I guess I'm not sure that this that's what they were aiming works for. on a but, horror uh, level, but in a different <laughs> way to what was intended. Yeah. True. True. In, 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 yeah, in horror games design, they call I mean, it. Th- there are plenty of games where I um, where I think that the, um, the the female characters are a lot worse off than in this one. Um, yes, they did land on some. Um, 
naked women popping out of pods things but and at you know least it's not wildly racist like the last game in the oh, series oh god yeah i know right <laughs> uh, uh, we've got all we've got zombies from everywhere yes, uh, yes. Um, anyway sorry the visuals the yes, graphics actually um, but yeah, Did you I, enjoy I agree them? that it is Did very dark but them? i think that um yeah. just graphically and art design wise i i think that it's perfectly serviceable this is not one of the problems that i had with i don't think it's the best looking game but i think that it it does pretty well i i think that it um upscaled fairly well to um to the xbox one version that i played uh looked pretty sharp looked pretty good i did not have any uh technical issues really with either of the versions that i played um but uh yeah that's that's about where i land on it hmm. okay cool. so yeah I don't want to come off that I am intentionally hating on this game because everyone else seems to have and you know I'm following a trend because no, I genuinely wanted to like this game. That's the thing. Yeah. I genuinely yeah, wanted to. <laughs> but in terms of its actual design, the most damning thing about it is that there's no character or craft to any of the areas. It's mm. all a by-numbers design. So we have the Chinese high street, so we'll have the bright neon street signs, but all the buildings will be square and of an equal size and mm. the world's longest high street that you're just going to carry on down for ages. Or uh, now we'll go for just a tall building, so we need lots of flights of stairs. And like the corridors and the flights of stairs, of stairs and, and stuff, yes. <laughs> like it, it, they're just never-ending and there's no charm or guile or craft any of these areas now mm. if we look at other games such as say dead space or dead space 2 uh, for example where you go onto like the ishimura and it's just this wonderfully crafted environment that yes it's all tonally very similar but every area is you know where you are there's like a level of grounding to those things where you are swallowed by the environment that surrounds you and you know it Mm. makes you feel like you're there a sense of place yeah yeah exactly and this one is just absolutely all over the place so texturally it's okay in areas some areas do look considerably better than others Mm. um i think it's a very strange mixture of high res and low res um it's the same Mm. on the pc and on the xbox one Uh, it did look pretty shoddy on the 360 um from when I went back to that, uh, right. that didn't look good. And no matter where you are in the game, whether you're in China or the Arctic, I'm guessing that was, I'm not sure because you couldn't see because the actual art direction of that is yeah, a, I can't not remember. Oh, yes, shambles. gosh, I forgot about that. That's um, terrible. He, yeah. Uh, then you've got the caverns and then you've got the, the strange tonal shifts between uh, the actual campaigns. So the first one is the most traditional Resident Evil. It's the only one where you actually fight zombies. Um, so it starts off really strongly with the uh, the empty party that looks like people have been there and the balloons and you're going through the, the back rooms of this building, through the kitchens and stuff. And I was immediately won over. I was like, do you know what? I'm actually really going to like this game. I don't know where the mm. hate came from. Mm. And then mm. it just yeah. nosedives into all this ridiculousness from the... Uh, fourth part of Leon's campaign and then that continues through uh, Chris's and Sherry's and Ada's campaigns uh, where 
I just I didn't know where it was going to go next, but I didn't yeah. look forward to it because I wasn't really enjoying the area that I was in. And then there are some absolutely just monotonously boring ones, like the lift section in yeah. uh, Sherry's campaign that just there's no passion. And it's the same uh, kind of criticism that I leveled at, um, what was the other uh, Sega-based binary domain? And I know that that's actually quite popular in certain circles oh yeah that game but the issues i had with the environments sit very similar in that kind of design um and it the, that lift area reminded me of that game and it brought back some really rough memories now binary domain is actually a better game than this don't get me wrong um but in terms of the actual environments that you were in it just it did nothing from me uh from a craft perspective or from a technical perspective i just thought it was just all over the place. I think mm. that a lot of the issues that I have with the game in general, uh, and, and here specifically, are connected to the fact that it's just too long. And I think that oh, yes. the, the fact that they end up repeating some of the uh, environments with purpose because, you know, you're supposed to be kind of tying back into the other yeah. characters who were in this scene. I mean, they, yeah. they did this intentionally. It, it wasn't just a, you know, they ran out of sp space or, or whatever. But Assets, I, if yeah. they, yeah, it, it's just, if some, if this game had been shorter, I think I would have liked it a lot more. But um, if, you know, you, you go to so many environments that I think you're going to end up having some of some of the similar uh, feeling to it, I, I guess, is what I'm going for here. Like, I found the first campaign. Well, it, you can you can technically play the campaigns in any order, except that I think that in the original versions, Ada's campaign does not unlock until you have yeah. completed the other three. It's mm. open from the beginning in uh, in I, I guess what would have been. I guess it's like a gold edition or whatever the edition is that I had on the Xbox One. Ada's yeah. campaign was already unlocked. Um, yeah, but you can technically play the uh, the campaigns in any order, but if if you're like I suppose most people probably would be, you're going to play them in the order that they are in the menu, which puts you playing uh, Leon's campaign first, and. Mm. Um, as um, as we were saying before, uh, as Carl was saying before, this is kind of the the one that is the most air quotes Resident Evil ish of the of the campaigns, um, mm -hmm. at least to start off with, and it it once you start going into the other campaigns, they feel like kind of Gears of War light to me, mm. and the environments and what you're seeing as you're going through that kind of backs that up. Like you're, you're, there's a lot of um, kind of urban chaos type stuff, which is okay, I guess, but it doesn't have a whole lot of character. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think, I think that if they had decided to kind of consolidate that a little bit and kind of bring everything back in, it wouldn't have felt so much like, Oh, here we go again. We're going through these corridors again, we're in this cave again, we're, you know, going through these same streets in China again. There are so many sections, um, and I'm sure that we will come back to uh, why this game feels extremely mm. padded out, but um, there are so many sections where 
you need to go about 10 feet away, but there's something with a key, so you have to run down here, but then it's going to run away, so you have to run over here, and then it's going to run away. So you're spending all of this time in these same environments, and it just, it looks the same, everything is just kind of labyrinthine, and it's it's frustrating to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with Carl about that. I don't know what it is, and obviously we have to cut it a certain amount of slack for things that I, th- I think are most obviously missing. So I'm playing it mm. on... I've been playing it on PC at 60 frames a second, no screen tearing, everything whacked up to maximum. And there are certain areas which almost look pretty. Like you're almost like, oh, actually, that that's quite visually quite nice. It's quite well drawn. But the lack of sense of place, the lack of sense of atmosphere is palpable. And I'm not a graphical artist and I'm not a level designer, so I can't exactly put my fingers finger on why. I understand that there is a, because it is a five-year-old game, it was the development started almost 10 years ago. There are a lack of uh, lighting effects and environmental effects and particle effects that we would kind of expect now to to layer on that 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 atmosphere but i think one thing and this does segue into game design as well as as the length of everything um and it is yeah i'd say you're right it is inseparable in some ways the fact that we now know based around interviews on places like uh, gama sutra and games industry and development commentaries and people like carl have you know done some studying on the industry and we all know some developers we know that there is a, a real craft to creating both interesting levels and levels that guide the player almost invisibly with this invisible hand they lead you toward they lead you lead you towards focus points of interest via lights or things that you can see in the distance. Even if you never actually get to that asset, you've got a, a, a constant guide on the way without having to have the magic arrow. This game you literally has never, a magic arrow. Yes. It, it literally <laughs> has a magic arrow because you wouldn't. I mean, other than the fact that a lot of the areas are actually quite small and linear you would never know where to go without the magic arrow because because there's so many repeating yeah. assets and there's no sense of progression it i've i've rarely felt in a game as little a sense of actually being somewhere that i'm supposed to be as a character i find immersion into video games yeah. incredibly easy because i've been doing it my whole life and that's why i love them yeah. but this game was like i am playing a video game i feel like i'm playing a video game the whole time yeah. there's no i did that and then i did that it was like i was playing this game where the character i was playing did this it's so weird it, it really is it is by numbers design and that is really really harsh because it's like you know what's popular you know kind of the games that people like playing and why but you have no feeling or connection there's clearly to a lot makes of talented people worked on yeah, this game like, it's a huge some... raft of people on this game i mean yeah. it's like a giant team that have worked on it but we live in like when this came out we were in a time and place where environmental storytelling was a genuine thing we'd had dark souls that people rave about for its environmental storytelling Take a drink. we've had we've yeah exactly <laughs> uncharted two had been out four years when this came uncharted out. two and the charm in all those environments in yeah. Yeah. uncharted two is incredible we've had dark uh, we've had dead space which literally built a religion to, that was told through the environment <laughs> of that Even world. the Gears games, which I'm the not Gears a massive 3. fan yeah, that's of. that's exactly, that was my next point. Uh, they, they at least... They built an architecture. A, they built yeah. a whole architectural yeah. design for that world yeah. that existed. And this just was trying like to replicate... <laughs> this was trying to replicate stuff that you could go out and actually mm. see in a street and fell short. So it's not hideous to look at, no. really, anywhere, I no. wouldn't have said. It's, it's just, just got kind no... Of, yeah, mm. it's, it's funny <laughs> it's that you... No, 
magic. It's funny that you uh, that you bring up the the magic arrow thing, um, mm. because I was actually going to bring that up later as something that I kind of liked that they had in there. Well, but it was when kind you, of essential. Yeah, and then when you put it that <laughs> yeah. way, I think it. Oh God, that's why I liked it. It's because you had to have it because there wasn't a. a it's so much nicer and not every game has this and not every game necessarily has to, but it's so much nicer when the environment just makes sense as to this is where you're going to go. But since you do Mm. so much time running down back and forth along corridors and running away from things and, Mm. you know, dead space uh, has it too, to to be fair to Resi 6. But um, I, I don't know. It just, Dead Space isn't quite as uh, it's been quite a while since I played Dead Space, but Dead Mm. Space isn't quite as linear as this. This is this yeah. is where I have to go to progress in a straight line, essentially, whereas Dead Space is more like it might be a little bit difficult to find where the next story objective is because there's so much stuff here because it's laid out like an actual ship. Um, I, I think that's the difference, but I, yeah, I think that the reason I liked that is because I did, I tend to get lost sometimes if the environment isn't being super obvious about it or if the environment Mm -hmm. isn't designed well enough necessarily to kind of hint at where I'm supposed to be going to progress the storyline and in this case it's definitely not so I guess that's why I liked that Uh, the team didn't appear to be whether it's because of the director or whatever the team didn't be appear to be following the accepted modern conventions of level design like mm. I don't know if that's not accurate but it genuinely feels like this game, and I referenced it earlier on, it feels like there was no design document. That is so, <laughs> it is so strange. In term, I mean, the game that probably highlighted the fact that you can direct a, a player through the environment is, in the modern era, probably Half-Life 2. That game's 14 years old now. Mm. And, I mean, what an accomplishment to make no a game. No magic arrows in that game. Yeah. What an accomplishment to make a game where a player can get lost in a linear environment. Mm. And it does it on more than one occasion. <laughs> mm. Right, so visuals, uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, audio then. So again, uh, I would say generally as we've gone through the series in terms of this is, we'll we talk sound effects first. Like One of the things that we've always enjoyed, even when the games were a little bit more basic and the sounds were a little bit lower, you know, uh, lower bandwidth, Fidelity, a bit yeah. a bit bit rougher sounding uh, we always enjoyed the sound of popping a zombie head with a shotgun and all, uh, and, and all that kind of thing the... I don't like the way that the good shots hit yeah I, that's, it just sounds, uh, that's the first thing I wanted to it say it sounds yeah. crunchy almost um, yeah. I, I, I'm not I'm not 100% sure if that's the right way to describe it but it it doesn't sound damn squishy Swedish, yeah it, like it, it just yeah. doesn't sound right I, I i it's that's a horrible way to describe it but um but yeah hitting a zombie with a, a bullet of whatever type just it crunchy is i think the best the, the closest that i can come to describing yeah. what i think it sounds like it's again it's for me like the sound in this game the sound effects the sound design the diegetic moments that no, nothing about it is like actively just like irredeemably terrible it's not like comedy hour it's not like this game's worth 10 percent. it's all just like it's just a, a bit off a bit yeah. wrong a bit subpar yeah it's it sounds a little bit overly organic at times um and that's i mean i don't know what the sound of a shotgun hitting a human-esque corpse sounds like 
I'll send you some links, Carl. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, you know, <laughs> something doesn't have to necessarily be realistic for it to be believable. Oh, like, oh, we yeah. referenced Absolutely. Call of Duty's headshots and the satisfying oh. crack of hitting an well, enemy. The punches in Raiders of the Lost Ark, famously, yeah. every gunshot in that, in, that, in that movie sounds like a cannon going off or, or, or someone being punched sounds like two giant hams coming together. It's not, <laughs> it's it. not about it being realistic. Be, it's about You can working, have character, right? So, yeah. something, you know, and I would say... I don't think these are either, though. They just sound no. like generic action movie the, sounds. They're just... Yeah, they're just... A, a bit dull, a bit boring, but not flat. Like the they weren't offensively bad, but yeah. they didn't they weren't standout good. No, yeah. exactly. Which is when <laughs> I always think of the great sound effects. It's the pistol, the shotgun, and the walking on the marble floor in Resident yeah. Evil One. They, that, that you know. Oh, there's yeah. that yeah. crystal cavern thing, um, yeah. which is extremely exaggerated. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, you what, walk on what this. Yeah, what I'm talking about there is you uh, yeah. are in. There's a stealth section in this game. Yes, <sighs> there's a few. One of the yes. campaigns is based. We should say, uh, obviously, yeah, we are going to jump around a bit. All the campaigns are different. One of the campaigns is based around the traditional Resi idea, or ever since Mr. X in Resi Two, mm-hmm. the persistent bad guy in this case it's uh it's a thing called ustanak who could be terrifying in in the right game <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you see what i mean and these uh yes you end up in this section where there are these sort of why well, it's like cracky icy floors i guess yeah i'm not sure whether it's supposed to be ice or crystal or i, I think it's supposed to be ice because that something would be something loud yeah, yes all you need and to know. uh yes mm. things are crunching under your feet so you have to avoid the bits where uh, you have to avoid the bits where your um, where your partner is kind of going after a key so that you can get out of the place. So you have to be making noise in one section to draw him away. And it's, oh, I hated the stealth section. <laughs> and then you've got Ada's campaign, which yes. is primarily built on stealth. Well, but stealth. at least that, if you get caught... You Just can, have a fight. You can fight your way out of it. It's yes. very much more difficult to do so than if you successfully mm. manage to stealth around the sections. But if you get caught, it's not an instant fail. If you get caught no. in the Jake and Sherry campaign, it is an instant fail. And it's a long animation, too. Like, if you get caught by that guy, which I did a couple of times before I, I figured out. You want to see being disemboweled for at least 14 oh. or 15 seconds. Yes, yeah, and you can't skip it. Terrible. It's very long. <laughs> In the um, same way as I like going through sequences of doors that have the identical boxy room between each uh, one, bar, bar a bit of furniture, yeah. three or four times yes. before oh. getting to the one that you both have to press I D wasn't to quite sure where I was going to put this uh, in, in our discussion, <laughs> just but grabbing since, at things since now. <laughs> you brought it up, I would like to share um, a, a, a particular sequence that really cemented uh, how this game <laughs> came off for me. This is mm. in the Jake and Sherry campaign, and it is immediately after the stealth set that I was just talking about. Um, mm. So you, this uh, this Ustanak character who is very much like a, um, uh, what's it called? Nemesis. The, yes, a nemesis type. Um, very large, very intimidating, very can't be killed. And Blade hand thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> multiple blade hands. He has attachments that he pulls. He's like a big Mr. Potato Head with like... And they reference the, that. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, there's some he dialogue in this game. Yes, um, yes. Uh, but so you, this is immediately after the, the aforementioned stealth section in the big crystal cavern. Um, mm. He has finally seen you and is chasing you. Mm-hmm. There are, I believe, four doors um, 
and yes. each one is exactly the same. Oh, For each no. one, you have yeah. to do a uh, you have to do a um, a quick time event to turn the wheel to open the door. And you <laughs> open the door, you run through the next room, which is just a box. There is nothing in this room the other about, than the yeah, room. You go exactly through this it. four yeah. times, do the exact <laughs> same motion four <laughs> times, and then when you get to the end, you get into this car thing with a giant drill on it and you drill him through each of the walls four times <laughs> doing another Other quick time event four yep. times and if you fail you, you go backwards and yes. have to do it again oh gosh oh, thankfully God. i didn't was, fail th- this is what i mean when i say that this game is t- terribly padded like every you, chapter was, has to last an hour Leah, don't you understand no <laughs> matter what it takes. that you had to do this exact same yeah. thing four times and then turn around and do the exact same things yeah. four times again it was it, oh, this game I does mean, not respect your time at if, all if you're talking about padding at least that is an element of story God. progression where i suppose some people may feel the pressure of him catching up but there are sections where you climb a ladder Mm-hmm. Walk across a platform <laughs> about five feet, walk down a ladder, <laughs> and then walk into the next section. Like that did not need to be there. But the whole time you climb up the ladder, by the time you do that, it's probably about 20 seconds that they've added of pad time. Just nothing. Yeah. Something, yeah just uh, nothing. Something, uh, Leon, that you said actually in our Slack channel um, uh, sometime this week was that. Um, the game keeps interrupting you which oh, is so much. very very accurate uh, i i was kind of struggling to to figure out what it exactly i wh- what exactly it was that was bothering mm. me that way and it's things like you it will pull your camera in different directions all over the place and yeah. and occasionally I might be okay with that. It, it, I think that Uncharted does a, a really nice thing here where like it will give you a button prompt to like let you look in the direction if there's something that it wants you to see, but it yeah, won't completely well, yeah. pull you away from whatever it is that you're currently doing at the time. Here, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're going to look nope. in this direction whether you want to or not. What's yeah. maddening is it's often after you've just started a room. So yes. it will show you a room. There'll be a little cutscene. Mm-hmm giving you an idea of what's going to go down where you need to get to fine okay i can i can deal with that the game's effectively paused yes then you take three steps forward and then the camera gets yanked away from you and then in some rooms it does that again another it's, thing it's astonishing yeah. another thing and and this to me if one of you can give me a reason why they did this then that would be great because this annoyed me so much mm-hmm it's particularly bad in the sections where you're in the submarine. Um, so it's in Ada's campaign, and then um, there's some boat things in. I think, I, I think that it's both. Uh, yeah, I think it's both um, uh, Chris and uh, Chris and Pierce's campaign, and I think it's also in uh, Sherry and Jake. Sherry's and Jake's. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, so you will take a couple of steps, and then the boat will shake. And you just lose yeah, control yeah. of your character for yeah. a couple of seconds. And it's never mm. really when there are enemies around. It no. would be, I, I think it might happen once or twice with enemies around, but mostly it's just kind of when you're going from place to place. At least you don't take damage. But it's Yes, just, no, you don't take yeah. damage, which is kind of the point. Like if it were happening when you were fighting and it were like mm. an environmental thing that you had to yeah. account for and deal with in your combat, that I probably, I don't know that I would like it, but at least I would understand it. This is literally mm. just to make your trip from one end of the corridor to the other longer than 
than it was before. So there are definitely bits yeah. in it, Uncharted, and I know not everyone's a fan of a lot of the design in those games either, but there are definitely bits where Drake staggers in certain situations, but I never felt so completely like control was utterly wrestled away from me. Like you're still moving forward in the direction you want to, even if Drake's staggering. Yeah. Whereas in this game, it's pretty much just like a you have no control while your player gets a little seasick you Numb. get you get so. the same effect if you trip over a corpse like if there are yeah. just kind of random but at least <laughs> i understand that like you know if you if you're not looking where you're going and you run over a corpse but yeah okay you're gonna trip these I are get people that. who flip out of elevators attach onto things grab everything <sighs> at the last second do flip jumps over things and then they and then so, you know in the in the cutscenes, you're supposed to believe they're neo or <laughs> jesus or something and neo then jesus when when neo jesus effectively the same character and then when they're walking around in a in a school hall they're tripping over zombies oh i'm so uh, i'm not saying it's good i'm saying i understand it more than i do so, the submarine jolting yeah. thing which oh that really annoys me it is so in terms of interrupting um the character or you as the player there are other ones as well it does happen through all the campaigns so there Mm -hmm. are moments where you are just walking across the bridge and you are nowhere near the edge of that bridge and suddenly you slip down you know yeah falling off the the balance beam stuff is is hilariously badly done yeah <laughs> and if you want the most frustrating interruption how about just getting knocked onto your back by a single bullet over and over and over again through mm. chris and pia's campaign so mm. you get knocked down you get back up and it is a slow animation only to take another bullet to the chest right. and go through it again and again. Mm. So sometimes I like to camera, just stay on the ground and just I'm not getting it, up. You have to hit a button easier. to get up. I'm just going to stay here. Yeah, just lie on your back and just shoot. Stand the, you can do fact, that, just walk yes. around on your back because there is actually a badge for <laughs> yep. doing so much distance on your back. Yeah. So um, in terms of the camera, so the camera direction in this game is at best abysmal, mm. um, <laughs> and I could say a lot worse than that Uh, so the fundamental rules of a game are that the player either has complete control or is directed and this does a strange mix of two so Mm. you'll have one where you're walking and the camera will forcibly turn as we mentioned Mm. um, which is where it differs from Gears and Uncharted Mm -hmm. but you keep moving so the idea is at some point in that game you have to keep moving because you're being chased Crash Bandicoot style. Mm. And loads of that as well. Yeah, yes. so you're you're walking forwards, then the camera turns ninety degrees to the right, so then you're kind of looking walking to the left. Yeah. Except that the natural motion for your character to carry on walking forwards is kind of to turn and follow wherever the camera went. So there are moments where you're running across the docks and the boats where you're being chased, and for no reason whatsoever, your character can turn 180 and start running back the way you came from towards the enemy without I, pressing any buttons yeah. to change direction. I failed a yes. couple of uh, chase sequences because of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And that's purely because of bad controls of the camera. So that's the audio design covered then. <laughs> <laughs> Natural flow of conversation or something. Yeah, so, totally. So, so the music. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get on to the music then. So, uh, it had Akihito, music. Continue. It, no, it has Akihiko Narita uh, composing. I've, again, as with the voice cast that we haven't even spoken about yet, uh, this sounds considerably more expensive than previous attempts at Resident Evil music. Um, I would say the vast majority of it is... A generic action cue, you know, generic 
mid-tier Hollywood action movie cues. Mm -hmm. But there were a few pieces that I actually thought were really quite good in there. Um, the credits piece is good. They're just a track. What the end? Mu the end song. Yeah, so the one that's clearly influenced by Batman. <laughs> oh. The end credits music has the Batman riff in it. Oh no, I'm talking. Sorry, I'm talking about the uh, the absolutely horrendous, in my opinion, uh, at the end of a long escape rock song that plays uh, the end. No, 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 no. <laughs> no but no. there is music that is completely not suitable for Resident Evil yeah. all through this game. Yeah, I, I, I like. Yeah, there were a few pieces that stood out as being quite uh, effective yeah. horror pieces and some perfectly serviceable and inoffensive action cues. But uh, but it because I didn't, you know, I wasn't massively invested or or immersed in what was going on. It didn't, yeah, you know, didn't really affect me in in any meaningful way. No, it's it's hit and miss. I would say it's the soundtrack. Yeah. It can be good at times. At times, I think it was in the. Sherry and Jake campaign. I want to say it was the second chapter. There's a bit of music playing that is so ludicrous <laughs> for the moment that you're in that I genuinely laughed out loud. And There's put the some quite funky down. stuff, isn't there? With uh, with Baby Wesker, he's got this kind of. He's supposed to. I think he's supposed to be like the most relatable and exciting new character, and he has a certain amount of groove to his soundtrack, which uh, which comes across. It sounds a little porn musicy, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. retro porn. Yeah. So yeah, not sure if that's a good good thing I or think not. That's just yeah, what again, I wouldn't know like, Leon. Ra ra rather, um, I've been alive a long time. <laughs> it, um, it, rather like some of the other aspects we've talked about, it's it feels like it's made by people that that were uh, talented, but it just somehow lacks any real charisma or personality or anything to make it truly stand out. To kind of to kind of back up a little bit to the very first piece of correspondence, I agree with the too many cooks thing. Like there are a lot of talented yep. people working on this. It's just that none of them really got to have their say. I think no vision, not fully. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Del B2K, back on the forum. Welcome back, Derek. Says, uh, let us start with the really poor stuff. The story could have been good if it had decided to involve some context. However, it started at 100 miles an hour with a presidential tragedy and then decided that it did not actually need to place this into any form of cohesive whole. As a player, you start knowing nothing and end up being confused even more with any motivation to progress, mostly being hindered by the lack of any meaningful narrative. The desire to provide four different types of adventure should have led to a clever mixture of styles and interweaving stories. But it quickly descends into tropes and a very clear dividing line that you feel was meant to satisfy everyone, but instead comes across as half-baked. And then there are the niggles, the inventory management that feels like a step back and utterly horrible to use, the repetitive nature of the action which can lend itself to periods of boredom and an inconsistent pacing with boss battles appearing far too frequently for my enjoyment. Yet for all of this, for all the faults and the issues and the almost grudging attempts to make the player feel like they're wasting their time even playing this game, there is something about it I enjoyed. Perhaps it's the boy's own adventure feeling, a bunch of ragtags that make no sense together in a universe that has burst its storytelling banks. The cheesiness of the dialogue, the ridiculousness of the set pieces and boss battles, the absolute craziness of a world that took weird and ran with it kept me progressing through this game. I mean, they have a zombie dinosaur, for goodness sake. How can you not want to see where that goes? 
They developed a different UI for each character, different areas for each story, and reveled in how much it did not fit together. This may not have been the send-off that this part of the franchise deserved, but it also felt incredibly appropriate. As a series, it's almost eaten itself in terms of what makes sense, with the fifth instalment already showing an interest in the extreme idea of logic. The sixth instalment may not be the game we wanted or the game we deserved, but it is the game that at least had the bravery to want to take a risk and force its own path. Maybe we did deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting that Derek... sort of says about you know it's trying to please too many people but by doing that it's trying to forge its own path i mean that's i guess that's just how 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 one chooses to look at it but Mm. yeah uh, it's curious so about that story uh what i would say is so there is there a a lot of it i mean a lot of stuff (laughs) there is it definitely gets the award for most story story (laughs) um I actually want to give them plaudits for the ambition of attempting to make four lengthy intertwining campaigns. Because frankly, if the gameplay had been and, and, you know, and the art and and the sense of atmosphere and, and everything else had all been on point, I'd be thinking, wow, this game is not only brilliant, but it's massive. But because of all the other problems we've already started to touch upon, a massive game is not really what you want. And in the end, it feels like that they spread all their talent and their ideas and their assets far, far too thin. And actually a game that was a quarter of the length, maybe not with four intertwining campaigns involving seven characters, would have been a better choice. I think you could Um, have even done the intertwining thing with not so much retreading and and Mm. all of that. I, I... I uh, did not have this experience this time around because I played offline, Uh, but Mm -hmm. if you get into one of the sections, and there there are a few, if you get into one of the sections where the campaign that you are playing overlaps with the uh, campaign, with a different campaign, uh, and you are playing online, it will try to pull in another set of... uh, of actual people. Uh, so like if you are playing, for instance, the section in um, you're kind of in an enclosed like junkyard thing, I guess it is, uh, and fighting uh, Ustinak. And that's with uh, Leon and Helena. And then again with Jake and Sherry, if you are playing, say Leon and Helena, it will try to pull in a pair of people who are also playing online and, uh, you know, in, in Jake and Sherry's campaign so that you will actually be playing with another set of people rather than just the AI who is... That's very you know. cool. Yeah, it's really neat. I think that when we were playing on the Xbox 360, I think we may have gotten real people once or twice. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it would... I, I don't know how... how uh, how likely you are to actually get that these days. <laughs> uh, there but, are some people on Steam, uh, as yeah. with 5. It's still not I imagine it's to... not impossible. Uh, it's probably just a little bit less likely than, than before, yes, but... Um, but yeah, it's it's a neat idea. It's um, I, I like that I'm not I'm far from an expert on Resident Evil lore. I don't know a whole lot about it because I haven't played all the games. I've played most of them, but um, y- yeah, I, is is Wesker having a son? Something that has ever come up before? Does anybody know? Uh, 
I, I assume I, this I kind of doubt it. <laughs> maybe it's in some of the one of the CG movies. Maybe that did that. And some I, of those I was come just out curious, before this because uh, it kind of seems like a. Oh, hey, he had a son, by the way. As it, I'm sure we have proved yeah. to many listeners who are Resident Evil super fans, uh, we are not law experts. We, yeah, I we mean, just yeah. If anybody games. knows that, I would love to know. So yeah, tweet me or or something. <laughs> tweet tweet Katie Rince at Katie Rince. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I, I just it I, I like the concept of playing different characters. I like the concept of those storylines intertwining and overlapping at some points. It's maybe a little bit much that you have to actually play the entire sequence again and sometimes see the exact same cutscene again. Yes. That's another one of those padding things that I keep going on about. Um but but it's it's a cool idea. I just don't think that it's executed especially well here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably quite fair. I do like the ambition of the intertwining yeah. stories. Um, yeah, because we love when it it's in done the games well that we loved, right? When they did it with you know, Claire and kind of did it with mm-hmm. with uh, Claire and Leon in Resi Two. It's it's cool. Yeah, and and it's something that's been done very very well in Hollywood. And obviously, this film was uh, this game was probably the most aware of Hollywood influences oh, yeah. in it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes. Unfortunately, the sections where the crossover happens are my least favourite, which means that my least favourite moments are the ones that I tend to be playing twice. (laughs) Um, Mm. There's none that I would necessarily want to play over again. And there are a couple of moments like when you're on the boat uh, in Sherry and Jake's campaign and something happens and I wasn't quite sure of what it was. And then when I played Ada's campaign, I realised that Ada actually rescued Sherry from going that's through right. the propeller yeah. Yeah. and i thought that's quite cool like mm-hmm. when that kind of stuff happens yeah. and it, it when it's in the cutscenes, the composition of the cutscenes is actually pretty good yeah the like, direction in the cutscenes and the cgi is generally i would say stronger than the in-game stuff yeah, yeah. so that, that's where it definitely stands out so there are moments where it does pay off quite well like uh, in leon's campaign where he bumps into Chris and they almost pull triggers on each other and it allows Ada to get away. That was all really quite well done in terms of the cutscene. I just didn't like that moment to play. So we've already mentioned probably the most, the biggest story and surely Resident Evil's most well-known and expensive voice cast. I'm not saying that I know that voice actors aren't paid extraordinary amounts of money, although I know that some of the big stars do nicely out of it. Uh, They tend to do a lot of work for a lot of projects. Uh, So you have got uh, got a few returning people here, but also some new to the series uh, like Troy Baker, uh, who had, uh, I guess, he was just about to do, yeah, and don't know the recording order, but he was about to appear in... Um, Last of Us and Bioshock Infinite Mm -hmm. so uh, uh, we've also got Mary Elizabeth McGlynn and various other people who are Laura Bailey people you'll know uh, from from other games and uh, and I think the actual you know the quality of acting has probably never been as good as it is here for Resident Evil 6 but from my point of view the script is, oh, is now is now so it's, i um, think we can all agree it's magnificent right the, the script is i mean it, it gave me a lot of laughs i'll put it that way <laughs> true but not in the same way that the early resident evil games were funny because they were you know poor, poorly translated may and, i and, recommend playing it in german yeah sure i got my german gcc i, I believe uh, that chris and Piers were the ones that we played in german um hmm. I believe that Jake and Sherry were French and Leon and Helena were Spanish. Oh, right. I think. I like that. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, you probably just know a few words of each enough to just mm. get a few things to tie your own I speak a little bit of Spanish, to. he speaks a little bit of French, and neither of us yeah. speaks German. <laughs> right. Yes, uh, I've probably had a lot. And uh, I believe you concocted a sort of homoerotic love story between... I mean, um, it's, it's kind of It's the most beautiful kind of love story anyway. of all time between Chris and yeah. Pierce. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, even even in English, I think that there is, I, I maybe it's not sexual, maybe it is, I don't know, but... I don't uh, think it's meant to be, but... Well, whatever, I, it, regardless of whether it is or not, Pierce is clearly in love with Chris, uh, and mm-hmm. I will hear no different. Yeah. Chris gets Pierce, there by the end, He it, it's very disappointed that Pierce sacrifices himself, which is, it's uh, beautiful, He I just think. moves on to the next, uh, the next rookie that he can get know, killed. I know, he's banging on the, the escape pod and screaming for Pierce, and yeah, it's, mm-hmm, yeah. Pierce! Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, poor old Pierce, incredibly good-looking man, Pierce, and ends up a bit of a mess. I used to work with a guy as... who looks a lot like Pierce, it was kind of distracting, oh, really? actually. Lucky you. Mm. Uh, <laughs> K sub zero 1000 from the forum says the story, which takes itself incredibly seriously, is just the mouldy cherry on top. I don't mind silly background stories in video games as long as they merely serve to frame the action and provide context for the gameplay. But the faux melodrama, idiotic plot elements, hokey writing and hordes of forgettable characters in this game are just grating. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite quotes, just because not not just not just doing the uh, you know the traditional uh, Kane and Rince, uh, SJW libtard thing, but just because it's such a poorly written line as well, where uh, more uh, more like an uh, old friend of yours is the first line, then more like an ex girlfriend guy doesn't <laughs> just doesn't know when to quit. If you're going to change gender in the middle of that sentence, well, well don't just say or either say more like an ex boyfriend guy doesn't know when to quit. Don't. You know, oh, just, they're not anyway. going to do that in a Resident oh. Evil game. Can you imagine well, no. the backlash? Well, I mean, true, there, is, yeah. there are some spectacular lines. I was a particular fan of, not bad, for, for a girl. girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, quite, quite oh, a bit of that. It's okay, I'm built like a tank. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> even, yeah, even in, even in 2013, that stuff was, uh, yeah, I mean, it's five years ago. Was, I mean, uh, I don't have a yes. problem with games having cheesy dialogue, but, sure. like, this is... <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. Pr- I don't, that's not my problem. I'm not sure. It, it's just that some of it just doesn't make sense, and it. Well, we've no. we've gone through that part, but the fact that it's cheesy is not really what bothers me. I don't think. Yeah, it's just th- it's, it's really delivered stupid. well with a really bad script, though. That's what makes <laughs> it even very, more uh, entertaining, if anything. Yeah, totally. the, the, the people, you know, the the game creators are, you know. Incredibly talented, as we've mentioned before, and so is the voice cast. Like it's, yeah. it's so, it's kind of disappointing because if all of these people were on point and all of this came together well, can you imagine what kind of a game this would have been if it had actually been good? Like, well, this oh, is it. This is wow. why I keep Special, coming back yeah. to this idea that if they hadn't clearly said all of these, we're going to have to have twenty chapters that. It's it's four campaigns. Each has five chapters. They all have to last mm-hmm. about an hour on your first playthrough on normal difficulty, so we can say it's a twenty-hour game. Like if they just dropped that one stupid idea, Maybe. I feel like this game could have been better. I mean, hindsight, of course, being twenty twenty. Um, maybe if they had really drilled down on the Leon and Helena campaign and made that kind of the main focus, I think that that is the one that is the best. And then maybe did like bonus chapters, like for one chapter. They could have even sold them as DLC. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. So I maybe think that's probably how it would be done. Maybe, now, uh, and that I think yeah. that would have been okay. Like if that were just extra, you know, if that were something that you could go in to get a little bit more, a little extra hit, and totally, I think that would have maybe been an actual. Well, I'm not gonna say a good game because I I, I don't want to depress yeah. myself, but uh, yeah, it still comes it, down to level design and stuff. Yeah, like that. sure. Never I mean, that, away with it, it would have been That's a better game, I think. Um, whether been. it would have been yeah. good, eh, but. Um, yeah, I... they they couldn't have sold it as DLC because Capcom were in massively hot water at the time mm. for hiding DLC on the disc and asking right. people to pay well, extra for it. I think everybody was, weren't they? That that was that yeah, the yeah. time when that was a really big issue. Yeah, they did it with Resident Evil but... Five. They did it with Street Fighter Four, yeah. and then I think that was kind oh, of yeah. the reason why they opened up the Ada thing early mm-hmm. as well. Which, in retrospect, I kind of understand why the Ada's one would have been locked behind yeah. the other three. Of course, the way the industry has got around this is actually. Uh, to not include really anything on the disc anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah, just, you just got a beta client on there, and then you download all the patches. You download a fifty gig patch day one. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Anyway, oh, super video user games. from the forum says the four campaigns mean you go through genuinely diverse environments, carrying a different set of skills. They aren't always a hit. Jake's snow level is a serious low point, and the split into four campaigns means the difficulty can vary in some bad ways. It also means you can get too much of one thing at a time. Is it possible? I did not do this, obviously, but is it possible to? go into a campaign like if say if you went into the leon's campaign it would it be possible to go in play like two chapters of that yes. and then skip over to like chris and pierce and play a chapter of that and yes can you do that you can yes oh yes. interesting you can play from where you've got to and uh, yeah yeah obviously you can only play up to and including the furthest point you've got but yes sure. you can just use a chapter select hmm. Uh, at any point, yes, which is what I did when I was originally uh, reviewing the game, yeah. so I could see the the compare and contrast. I don't remember where I found it, but I know that there's a um, hidden somewhere in the menus. There is a um, kind of a timeline that uh, lays out where everything yes, all the intersects cut scenes, and everything. Yeah, yeah so it's got a cutscene uh, viewer, and even just watching the cutscene viewer, like watching all those cutscenes, if you really wanted to, would take a long time. You've probably oh, yeah. got like a f- feature length, bad feature length movie. Um, <laughs> What I wanted to say was because I was thinking about this. I like actually, when I completed the game, my my Steam time of, of on the game is about currently about thirty four hours, and it was about thirty two hours when I completed the campaign. So there's the four campaigns, including Ada's, including there's a, a prologue as well. Yeah, game game time thirty two hours. Looked at the stat, uh, statistics page, twelve percent completion. Now that's because the game kind of the the obviously no one has to do this. It's not it's not a command from on high. <laughs> there may or may not be there may or may not be achievements or trophies attached to it. But actually, to completely complete your Resident Evil Six file on whatever system you've got, you need to do all chapters with all characters on all difficulties to get a little you know to get a tick box on everyone. You can also get rankings on each of those. So there's there's you know whatever E all the way up to S I guess on every single chapter. My my rough calculation without sort of replaying and bearing in mind the fact that you get you kind of upgrade your characters you go on to an extent with perks and you get better and faster because you know your way around. My estimation was that to actually kind of get around 100% would take around 175 hours. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's without all the extra modes. Uh, yeah. 
In response to a public backlash over classifying on-disc content as downloadable content, Capcom released a patch in December 2012 free of charge. The patch included new camera controls, a new difficulty mode named No Hope, an option to play Ada's campaign without having to complete the other three, and the addition of an online co-op partner for Ada's campaign called simply Agent. Unlike any other character in the game, Agent cannot interact with doors uh, or treasure chests. <laughs> Top agent. Uh, he also disappears when cutscenes are triggered. Yeah, you do a lot of, in Ada's campaign, um, she has her little gun that gives you the zip line. And if yeah. you are playing in co-op, whenever Ada uses her little zip line, Agent just kind of appears beside her when she lands. Um, yes. Yeah, it's it's something. <laughs> Goofy. Magical Isopod from the forum says, I paid a whopping $3.99 for a copy of this game on eBay, shipping included. Even at that price, I feel as though I've been cheated. <laughs> uh, I saw it for, I think I saw it for, a, was it a £2.50 I saw it in town yesterday for Resi 6 on the on its original uh, format. Uh, I would rather have spent that cash on a scratch ticket. I bought this game with the sole intent of having a little fun streaming a notoriously crap entry in the Resident Evil series for some spooky October shenanigans. I managed to tolerate it for about two hours. Honestly, I'm not even sure who this game is for. Tonally, it seems to have a lot in common with the bombastic CGI Resident Evil films. But where those movies were dumb fun, this game feels like a cobbled together mess of half-baked gameplay ideas that do not form a cohesive whole. In the first 10 minutes, you have to deal with forced tutorials, quick time events, shooting mechanics, an escort mission, a terrible menu meant to resemble an iPhone, and some of the ugliest art direction I've ever seen. I played the PS3 version and encountered a number of technical issues. Aside from the hideous low-res textures, I had massive frame drops during action segments, the lighting engine is so crap that even with the brightness turned to max, there were sections where I couldn't see where I was going due to extremely dark lighting. The sound design is entirely too aggressive, with things exploding all around you. The writing was garbage too. While playing, I would audibly ask characters in the game, How do you know that? Or, What are you talking about? A line early in Leon's campaign has a man ask Leon to help him look for his daughter, only to have Leon ask a few lines later, Are you looking for your daughter? Like, what? <laughs> I kept asking this game, what and why, in a state of annoyed befuddlement. This is Leon's third starring role, and I'm shouting at the guy in cutscenes, shoot the zombie, what the hell are you waiting for, dude? <laughs> Everything about this game comes off as amateur hour, like it was a project pulled in a billion different directions without a cohesive vision. I don't entirely blame the devs, though. This game released right smack in the middle of an era of gaming where appealing to the lowest common denominator with a scattershot of gameplay features pulled from other popular games was the prevalent trend. But Resident Evil 6 doesn't even feel like a failed experiment. It feels like this checklist, a cynical corporate product built by a sun marketing team to maximise market saturation or some other Wesker-esque nonsense. It's a product cobbled together from focus group statistics as soulless and devoid of ambition as the shuffling undead. I believe that's the third time focus groups have been brought up in, in correspondence, <laughs> which should probably tell everybody something about how this game feels. Right. Yeah. Uh, so now we've slagged the game off for an hour or more, uh, <laughs> an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, let's talk about the gameplay. <laughs> sure. It's great. Yeah, it's like uh, Breath of the Wild meets Red Dead Redemption 2 meets Half-Life 2. It's uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Um, let's, I mean, let's sum it up. Basically, we've already mentioned lots of QTEs. Uh, one of our correspondents yeah. has already made, uh, 
made the point that there are a lot of boss fights and every boss fight because it's Resident Evil 6 has to have 19 uh, incarnations rather than just say the normal two or three. Yeah, that's something that really bothers me in games is when yeah. you have characters that are not characters, but bosses and uh, even some just regular enemies that you can't kill or that you can't kill until you fought it six or seven times. And that happens a lot in this. We've already Modern mentioned. Horror trope. Uh, I blame yeah. Friday the 13th and Carrie and all those films. And, sure. and this, but this game just takes the, takes but the biscuit. But there are multiple Even... in this one. Like, does anything actually? I think that's one of Ada's lines. So, uh, when yeah. did things stop being dead or something yeah. to that effect? Uh, uh, it was genuinely got to the point at the end where when you're fighting some of the the final bosses of the game, depending on which campaign you're in, where they were they were like falling three thousand feet mm-hmm. into a pool of fire and explosion with a bus landing on them and then a building landing on them, and you're going, he's not dead, is he? Nope, of course not. No, like the the, the no. last phase of um, Ustanak. Yeah, of Ustanak. He, uh, you think that he's dead, obviously, but then he comes back and he is literally on fire <laughs> trying yeah. to get to you. So he, I, he he really does have a kind of a Jason Voorhees thing going on. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there's him. There's the uh, big thing that hatches out of the cocoon. Uh, I don't know that it ever actually gets a name, but that comes on forever. There's the thing with the big flesh chainsaw that you fight in a couple oh, of yeah. campaigns. There's uh, regular enemy-wise, um, you even get a few things that... Um, you know, you can shoot T-Rex. and blow them apart for T-Rex. a while. Oh, oh the T Rex, yes. Um yes. Yeah. Simmons, Simmons comes back in multiple incarnations. And then the scorpion spiderish looking thing as well. That he yeah, like this is the, the third rooftops. or fourth time that he starts coming back and I'm sitting at my at my T V just yelling <laughs> again. So come into on. It. Derek, uh, Derek oh. is is, uh, is 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 one of the bad guys. Uh, I, I mean, we haven't driven even by the fact the that he is villainous, villainous in name. love with uh, with Ada. Yeah, we haven't really even attempted to explain the plot, but it's 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 <laughs> literally yeah. it's all over the place. Wouldn't want to spoil that for people. No, well there, there is <laughs> that. Yeah, I didn't even give a spoiler warning because I don't think we could if we wanted no. to. Um, no, but I mean the, the, the to, thing to get. Sorry, Carl, just to finish my point. To give you an idea of how many, uh, how many incarnations of boss that you fight, there's actually a stat on the stat screen saying it says Derek's killed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that, and that's yeah. great. <laughs> yes, sorry, Carl. Go ahead. This is the best thing about the game. Um, so boss fights, yeah, they're, they're played down too much. As you know, Leon, a thing I hate in games is unkillable enemies. Um, this game does share the two things and the multiple phases of boss fights bad enough. What makes them worse is that you are piling ammo into these enemies and there is no feedback of you hitting that enemy and them reacting so you don't even know if you're doing the right thing whilst you're emptying your entire resource of ammo. And it is the strangest bit of gameplay that you start questioning yourself of am I supp-? like there's so little reaction of am I actually supposed to shoot them or am I supposed to do something a little different? Like most of them, and- you'll get that eventually, but you never get it on the first hit or two. So like sometimes you'll um, the things that I'm thinking of are um, I, I don't even know what they're called, but uh, they have kind of 
big charging guys that have a lot of armor on them and you kind of have to blow the armor off and you start to see the uh, yeah. the muscle underneath that like you'll blow that armor off eventually but until you do you get no reaction when you shoot them so yeah. i mean if you if you've never fought one of these things before then you could very well be forgiven for thinking oh well i i must need to do something else or make it run into a wall or whatever but uh, the only time I remember a boss actively reacting to being shot was mm. um, Helena's sister, Deborah. Oh, mm. yes. Um, or as I called her, Deborah, because it makes it sound like an actual enemy. Um, because she, she has, has glowing, like the three scorpion arms. points, yes. <laughs> yeah, and you hit them and she reacts. Yeah. And I mean, the most unbelievably frustrating thing about that is Helena constantly going stop shooting her she's okay yes, yes. we'll be f-. by this point her face is split into bits mm-hmm. she's got eight arms or something <laughs> and she's running around oh, falling through yeah. a minecart being shot about 200 times That's but it's yes. okay Listen, she might be okay I love my sister but if my sister looked like that I would shoot her too put her like, down. Yeah. sorry was... I'm, I'm gonna put you out of your misery because um on a yeah, similar tip not there's okay. a bit where uh one of Chris's men I think it is I don't think it is Piers at this point oh it's, yes uh, it's and an... he yells at him to pull himself to yeah, he like he goes he goes on fire and then he starts melting and then Chris goes, "Yep, um, hold it together, man." <laughs> like, no, I think that was uh, oh god, what's his name? It's it's the guy that they give uh, um, they give a name really early on. He's the demolitions guy, and hmm. and. Yes, like that's the, it. the first thing you think is, well, this guy's dead because he's, yeah. you know, the young, fresh-eyed little dude that you, yeah, yeah, pull pull around with you for a little while. I don't remember whether that's him with the pull yourself together, but um, he Amazing. does, he does, in fact, die uh, um, in a suitably dramatic fashion. Man up, yeah. Um, but I think it's really important. All the stuff that we've said. The thing that we do, as well as, apart from QTEs, the thing that we do 95% of your 175 hours of actually playing this game is third-person shooter, basically. A Gears of War, Uncharted-ish, Resident Evil 5-ish type of game. So this is really the meat and potatoes, despite everything else. If this part was tippity-top third-person shooter because like i put mm-hmm. up like gears i thought was a really also dumb as a bag of hammers really stupid totally all over the place but the but the over the shoulder third-person action felt so solid and meaty and the pacing was cool and some it had some really annoying bits all of those games had some really annoying vehicle sections i think apart from judgment um but there was there was so much fun to be had just from shooting monsters aliens coming out the ground that i just kept playing them this and game you look just forward never... to seeing the next section as well as the, the, yes, the progression sure. to see the payoff. This game is, again, it's fundamentally, it is far from unplayable for, in my book. It's like the controls are fine. The characters are responsive. You've got quite a few different controls and commands. Uh, the shooting feels okay, but there's, there is a lack of response from the enemies. But yeah. again, it's just also, it's very perfunctory. It's quite flat. It's It didn't feel inspirationally fun um it's just like it's just okay and uh, without going to incredible sort of minutiae about the feel of games it just Mm -hmm. i i I don't know if either of you could articulate it better it's just it was it was it's it's okay which means that the game which which is why the game got like seven out of ten on average everywhere i don't think that it um that it does anything wrong in this in this uh, uh uh here like in the in the shooting parts uh it just doesn't do anything especially innovative or 
well it, it's not bad but it's not it, it's just kind of unremarkable <laughs> is it's is what i'm trying to say here it's not it's not that it's bad it's just not especially good and mm-hmm. the fact that you keep getting interrupted when you're trying to do it means mm. that it feels a little disjointed too uh, even though the shooting itself may not be uh may not have actual problems with it 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 you get that feeling because you're getting it broken up so much by the rest of the game yeah so the shooting itself is not that bad the design elements of enemies being massive bullet sponges mm-hmm. is yeah because the one thing you couldn't say is that the enemies are fun to fight and that's that you got the the zombies are the most fun of anything to fight. Unfortunately, three of the campaigns are filled with Javo, and they tend to mutate into these strange bug things, and in no form are they ever fun to fight. So you can get a one-hit kill if you can stealth them behind with a, a you know, like a close Suplex combat. CQC! Or... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and it tries to do this whole Metal Gear Solid CQC thing, and it's just awful. Um, but... And you've got the stamina, which is one of the bars in this a new feature, the pluer mm. UI display. Um, I never did quite figure out exactly how that worked. The only reason I exactly. even yeah, the only reason <laughs> I ever really bad. even found out that it was there was because I, I, I think that it was somewhere in uh, Jake and Sherry's campaign where I was just kind of swinging at things because I was yeah. you know in a group of and, and he he started to kind of back down and just kind of swinging a little bit more slowly and and then I looked and thought oh there's a little red flashy bar there I guess that's probably why I'm not hitting things and actually killing them yeah I don't think it really tells you too I mean, much about it yeah and I, I wouldn't have minded the shooting if the enemies reacted to being hit and weren't bullet sponges. That's, yeah, but that's we're talking now that... Uh, and it does do the whole cover thing, and it does it incredibly badly. Um, it's awful cover system implementation in this game. Yeah, um, the amount of times I would walk to the side of a door frame or a, a corridor, so say I'm on the, I come down a right-hand thing, the turn is to my right, so I want to go on that wall and be able to turn right around and shoot the corner but you go on that wall and face left like so your yeah. back is to the way you want to shoot like it, the amount of times it would put me into that cover the wrong way around was incredible and this was released the same year as max Payne 3 right. which is just an absolute masterpiece of third person shooting mm. in my opinion mm. and for many other things and and you know that really hurts this game because the more mm. we compare it to its peers yeah. the more it kind of starts Pierced. to fall short. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the yeah, I, 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 that's it. What's weird is both times I played this, both times I started this game, the first shots I've fired in each case, I've you know gone for the headshot on the on the shambling zombie, and it's almost it's they they went for a kind of House of the Dead type thing where you can shoot chunks off. And yeah. my yeah. immediate thought was, oh, this is going to be cool. They've because yeah. I loved I loved the combat in four and five. I understood. You know, we talked obviously about the. The being stationary and the and the old fashioned controls and all that kind of thing, but the actual reaction of the enemies in both of those games, and the the, the pattern of play of the pop the headshot, go in for the for the the melee attack and all that sort of stuff, and the weapons all sounded and felt great to fire. But here, like after you 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 do that thing where you shoot them in the head and it takes a chunk off and after that's it that 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 is the most interesting thing that happens generally shooting things with a shotgun they go flying backwards in a way that makes them feel very flimsy i, I guess that's the thing that 
like they almost made the character everything feel a bit too light and airy in this game like there's a real lack of of weight like for where i know some people have a problem with marcus and, and co in in gears being a little too lumbering uh and deliberate and and obviously it's something that's come up in recent times at the time of recording with people talking about the characters in in red dead redemption 2 feeling very heavy and like almost like you're 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 a human being simulation because they've got so much gravity but again i think there's a sweet spot and unless you're making a game like uh the platinum one where you slide around on your rocket knees that I've temporarily vanquished. Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, where you are obviously a super, you know, super science fiction dude in a rocket need suit, that where it makes certain sense, and not everyone like that either, of course. But here, I wanted the characters to at least have a certain heft to them and the enemies, and that, and I, for me, that's what it's lacking. Well, these are all people, right? Like they're not, they're mutated people and they are mm. zombified people, but they're, they're not aliens. They're not, you know, some kind of uh, bizarre creatures from beyond. They're, they, they at least start as humans. So they yeah, have that, they even should, the really big ones. they mm. should have that kind of heft to them yeah. to a point at least. And, and yeah, I, th- I think that you are definitely right on that, that they do not. Hmm. Brazenhead89 from the forum says, I'm not even sure I could tell you what I hated about Resident Evil 6 or why it's the only Resident Evil I've started and never finished. My memories of it are a nauseating blur, mostly of quick time events and my main character getting knocked backwards repeatedly. Uh To recall them is much like remembering an especially dizzying migraine. Though I've completed a great many Resident Evils, I wouldn't consider myself a mega fan. Even my love of Resident Evil 4, perhaps my all-time favourite game, comes from no major dedication to the franchise. But to truly distinguish six failings, it needs comparing to its younger brothers. Whether the slow, considered creep of the originals game or the arcadey shooting of the latter entries, Resident Evil's successes have come down to two things. Excellent pacing and a proud, unbreakable identity. Resident Evil 6 is the pubescent teenage mood swing of the series, throwing every possible gimmick at a wall to which nothing has stuck. Not a single idea or set piece is given the time nor care to be memorable, and the most exciting moments often fly by in a series of button-mashing quick-time events. Yeah, there's a lot of button mashing. Mm-hmm. The control system may be the best in uh, the best the series has ever seen. Yet, Resident Evil 6 is keen to wrestle away any player expression with an onslaught of things just happening. Despite encountering very few technical shortcomings and no major control issues, 6 still managed to be a nauseating mess. It lurches from one idea to the next, leaves little time for any of its facets to endear, and playing it gave me a mental whiplash unlike any game I've encountered. So another piece of uh, nuanced um, sort of. He obviously has mixed feelings about. Sounds about right. (laughs) I mean, there there is almost no limit to the amount of areas that you can point to in Resident Evil Six and think, "Oh, they got that bit wrong." I mean, Mm. one thing that drove me genuinely insane playing it was the animation of the characters. Right. So, like the, like the you want to crawl through vents. has anyone not looked at the way Ada crawls through vents? Listen, think, they spent you know a lot of time doing modeling it? Ada's leather pants, and you are going to look at them, <sighs> by God. Like, she doesn't crawl through like any person would. She crawls through at a 45-degree angle on, like, a side straddle. It is so bizarre. Or the fact that when you run, the motion tween is not a consistent run. Mm. It lulls. 
So it's like ups and downs. So you lunge, lunge forwards, then you stop, sort of slow and stop a bit, and you just keep doing that over and over again. It's like stop, start, or when you want to run away from a character in the Crash Bandicoot method, kind of run towards the camera. The rate at which they whip their arms, like some kind of, you know, like the Rock'em Sock'em robots kind of little toys that oh, you yeah. had that swung their arms. Mm. It, 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 no animation looks right in this game on the characters. It is so bizarre. Like someone, I imagine at some point, someone in the office, it's got quite far through progression, uh, the process of development, and someone's played it and gone, oh crap, like. What do we do? We're too far in development. It's mm. cost us too much. Mm. We can't do a Resident Evil 2. It's got to be released. Double down. Because... Make it worse. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't imagine someone's Add played another that going, campaign. Oh, do you know what? This is fantastic. We have absolutely smashed this one out the park. Because you can't. It fundamentally feels wrong in so many different elements. What's interesting it's to so me is, strange. as somebody who never played Outbreak, I played a little tiny bit of Revelations. I didn't play Operation Raccoon City is that although this game has Resident Evil 6 on the title screen, it never felt... It always felt like a guide to me. spin-off. Even though it's got... Yeah. Lo- yeah, even though it's got loads of returning characters and all that kind of thing, it felt like a an entry by the B team, like the, who, were give, who were given a, an extraordinary uh, amount of money yeah. for some reason. Yeah, that is exactly how I've described it in mm. person, is that it's kind of the B team. B team mm. that have worked on it. It's uh, I described it as it was. You've got a final year university students, but they've been given an almighty budget. And they're not quite ready for the, op- the 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 great wide world of games design. Yeah. But they've got a million concepts. But they're gonna and a hundred million at, dollars. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they're gonna look at all the immediate things that are popular. Um, and it's it's almost like that horrible moment where you get Eastern games design, but all it's done is reference Western games design. And it's done it at the moment, at the exact time, where we kind of swerved back into Eastern games design being popular. And it left the game without an identity. Yeah, that's interesting you should mention that because there was... There was this, uh, particularly during the yeah the 360 era, there was this real swerve towards American games, particularly and some some European games, but mainly American games being dominant and Japanese games seemingly falling behind. That seemed to start to change, perhaps with From Software and and a few others kind of. Yeah. But yeah, at this and point, Bayonetta been a big. It's one. like they. It's like Capcom had lost their confidence in being a Japanese game developer. Yeah. Uh, which is really sad, and, and I'm and it kind so of glad we passed them. Um, they did it with Dead Rising as well, didn't they? They put that over to Canadian, Canadian developers. Studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's that's partly responsible. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be so. I mean, I bet there have been some interesting meetings about the the overall reception to this game within the walls at Capcom. That actually um, is interesting. I hadn't really thought of that before, but I, I wonder how much of this, if much at all, was a kind of well, this is what Western audiences want, right? Mm-hmm. So let's put in more run and gun. Let's put in more uh, more of this. Let's uh, insane high octane explosive yes, cutscenes exactly. with slow motion helicopters Everybody scraping along the side be... of bullet trains. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I, yeah. I wonder how much of it was that. It's, uh... Yeah. Mm. So the game, as well as having plenty to do also has some collectibles because why wouldn't you i always like to mention this stuff because i understand like i do just automatically feel i'm I'm not somebody who has to do everything in every game far from it i don't have that many platinums or that many completed uh, achievement lists but 
if these things are there, I, I want to at least engage with it while yeah. I'm playing. Mm -hmm. So there are blue medallions, returning medallions. I think in this case, rather than being shared, they're instanced because I noticed when I was playing with they my co-ops. Yeah, so you can you both have to collect them basically rather than... And there are certain challenges where only one of the players can get them. I see. Yeah, like so if, you you're, if you're driving the car and you do not have the ability to shoot at that time. I, I distinctly remember a couple that That's that I looked at and I was like, oh God, I can't I can't actually do this because I can't shoot right now. Yeah, I that's frustrating. But one thing that struck me as interesting about this is that so when you I think these relate directly to the bits of text that you can go and view in the collection viewer, right? Yes, so you go there and you get little stories about the characters that are in the game, and I think you also get the character model. Yeah, so one of at. one of this one of this uh, one of the things that Resi Six is missing that even Five still retain to a certain extent is a little bits of flavor text. Like such, we remember all those months ago and all those years ago when we first played it, we talked about the flavor text in even the very original Resident Evil being as a huge effective part of the selling of the world and the horror famously itchy tasty uh and all that in this game you've got none of that but you can collect you can shoot a medallion hidden in the game in a drawer or behind a cupboard or whatever and then you can completely exit out of the game and go and read a few lines of backstory it's uh, it's just no it's almost substitute. like they didn't want to put that in because that would have slowed the pace down too <laughs> yeah, much they should, yeah, <laughs> <haven't told> me <laughs> that's it. what makes it crazy right yeah 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 Totally. Uh, another sort of design thing that uh, that I hadn't really clocked. I mean, it, it makes it. It was like as soon as Sean said it when we were discussing the game, I was like, "Oh yeah!" So I had I went back and counted uh, to get into the game from the title screen. Just to get back into an existing campaign that you're already playing takes seven button presses. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, in the Xbox One, I don't know how it is in the PC version, yeah. but yes, in the Xbox One version, that is absolutely true. Wow, that's insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's properly nuts. Uh, so as well as this game being massive in terms of content, there's also uh, up to, depending on which version, you've got other uh, seven other modes. Uh, I had a yep. little look. At, now, this podcast series that we've done has been mainly focused on playing through the single-player games of the main numbered Resident Evils uh, for various reasons. So I don't think... It seems unlikely, given how much particularly Carl and Leah enjoyed this game, that they they've spent a lot of time uh, on the other modes. So, uh, but I did, yeah, I did have a little look uh, at one or two. So, Agent Hunt, join another player's game as a creature. I did this a couple of times. Uh, it seemed to be a random creature. I'm not sure what dictates what kind of creature. Whether you're, yeah, I assume, are you just jumping in on someone's campaign? Uh, yeah, it seems to be. It is, and and when you enter, when you create a game, you do get options like friendly yeah. fire, infinite ammo, and yeah. agent hunt, invasions on um, kind of thing. Like yeah. it's a Dark Souls style, only it's more yeah. like Left for Dead in that you are a different kind of creature. So yeah, I I turned up as one of those uh, oogly boogly things that kind of throw, throws hands at you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those uh, things that you can't actually kill. Yes, I know what you're yeah. talking about. Uh, so, and yeah. you, throw the, you throw the hand with the worst animation of all time, oh. like the most limp-wristed, <laughs> no-feeling throw, yeah. and then the hand just like explodes for no reason. So I didn't get a lot out of this other than, again, I thought, oh, that's quite a cool idea. 
the, do you, you get can... anything in your own game if you do that? Like, I, I, I mean, to to go back to Dark Souls for a second, if you do, I I never messed with the invasion that yeah. much because I'm not a jerk. But um, yeah, if you if you do that and you successfully manage to kill another player, mm. then you, there are benefits to that. You know, you 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 get things out of that. Is there any of that in this, or do you just, probably, is it just for your own satisfaction? One of the one of the weird things this game has is it it re- sort of carries over the Capcom fighting games thing of having like a temp, uh, you know, like a an identity badge that has different backdrops, different quotes, and and you oh, can attach okay. at- attach stats to it uh, based on what you've done in the game. So I assume it's something to do with that. I would hazard Which a is- guess the player, <laughs> if he kills you as well, probably gets the points, mm-hmm. and the points um, are things where you buy you buy. To buy so your you perks. buy the yeah you buy oh, your okay. perks between levels, which goes through the whole Call of Duty thing of yeah. um, buying stuff for your character, and then they've got multiple tiers of level. Yeah, um, we haven't actually yeah, talked about that system. Thing. They're not. I wouldn't say it's a particularly interesting system, but it does add on a li- another layer. But again, it's all done in menus and text, so it's really. Uh, but I very I didn't notice a whole lot of difference from upgrading stuff between levels. So I wondered mm. if it was just me, and I looked online, and it's actually a common thing where people say it's not really worth it because you don't notice any difference between okay. unlocking, and you can only have three. So it, it is like Call of Duty in that you choose your three perks and. Yeah, that was kind of the thing that I did was that like once I had the three that I wanted, that was kind of it. I didn't mess with anything yeah. else. Like I had the one that made your guns better. I, I thought had... I read somewhere that the Jarbo Killer one really does help with those guys, but I don't know in what way. So I, I like could, I had that. Yeah, I had critical hit, and I had the one that uh, makes you uh, the one that steadies your aim. It's actually yeah. set up so you can have multiple different loadouts as well for different, like the idea that you, depending on yeah. what chapter you're about to play. You, I guess you, maybe if you're playing on the higher levels, that will make more of a difference. Yeah. Well, I, I thought yeah. it would have made more of a difference in Mercenaries. Mm, maybe. Yeah. But it didn't. <laughs> well, yeah, I wanted to talk about that actually as well, because I did want, I didn't want to do the the game a disservice by doing the thing that we we talked about before i think the most famous and oft-cited example is halo where if you only play it on the default difficulty setting most people who love halo will tell you that you're definitely missing out so i went back in and played some uh, of leon's campaign on veteran difficulty which is just the one above normal there's two more uh, than that to see if it made it more yeah. tense and exciting and i played it in co-op as well to see if that made it more interesting and exciting and yeah it does a bit no. <laughs> the game's... I, I did Leon's and Chris's on professional, and oh, okay. uh, yeah, so it's... it didn't didn't massively improve your opinion. Well, well the there is a very strange bug though. If I was playing with my friend and he set the game up, which is what actually happened, he set it up as professional, and I join having never started a game in it, mm-hmm. I will be classed as playing on normal. Oh. But all the enemies will be professional oh, difficulty, Ugh. but I'll only get normal credit for completing it, Bab. which meant that I had to do all of that all over again. Um, and actually start a game up on mine, choose professional, get into the game, quit out, and then I could join in and be and actually get credit for completing them on professional. Really strange bug. Annoying. Hmm. Yeah. Don't know yeah, I don't. I don't recall fixed. what difficulty I played it on when we were playing in co-op. Um, I. It was probably either normal or uh, the was veteran as one above normal. It was probably yeah, the one lowest of those. one is stupidly easy. Yes, it's... because that's the one that I played in um, in single player because I just wanted to burn through it so I could see the yes. actual yeah. giant air quotes story. And it is very easy. I'm not great at shooters, but this even for me was 
ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. you don't take uh, yeah. a lot of damage. There's a few mm-hmm. little sticky points, and obviously there's the there's the instant fail states in certain areas. Sure, but uh, but uh, yeah, but yeah. So I I don't I didn't notice any sort of suddenly massively increased uh, interesting enemy AI AI or, or encounter situations or anything like that. It was just I think it's just unless I'm very much mistaken, based on my admittedly somewhat limited experience, it's really just damage. Uh, that enemies take less, uh, take more damage to to die, and you take less damage to kill, kind of thing. So, uh, if there's more to it than that, then I'd be very happy to be corrected. But it didn't make it any more interesting; just ever so slightly more tense, I suppose. Um, the mercenaries, then. So we heard from Camille, friend of the show, Rousseau, uh, who is a big fan of mercenaries, massive fan of the uh, modes in four and five, and. He said he told us in uh, in a previous show that six is actually the one that's sort of considered like the the most uh, fully fully featured and worthwhile incarnation of this particular yeah. mode, which is the effectively it's a a one or multiplayer versus a horde mode uh, where you increase your time by killing things. Plus, there's also various things in the levels to shoot and or melee to add to your time and your combo. It's a it's a high score attack uh, against a timer. Yeah. Uh, K sub zero says. The game does have one redeeming quality in my eyes, and that is the mercenaries, because that is where the combat mechanics truly shine. The end result isn't quite as balanced and polished as Resident Evil 4's mercenaries mode for my taste, but it does have a higher skill ceiling and therefore ridiculous replay value for those looking for substantial, arcadey, third-person shooter, melee-based combat system that rewards skill, strategy, and perseverance. When I bought the PS4 re-release... Uh, of this game at full price it was with the explicit intention of not going anywhere near the atrocious campaigns or any of the other throwaway extra modes and focusing my attention solely on the mercenaries i personally feel like i've gotten my money's worth by doing so although i suppose i'm probably in a very small minority in that regard i had a little play yesterday yeah it was all right it's uh, it's, it's less not bad, is it? <laughs> it's less stupid than the, than the <laughs> campaign it doesn't interrupt you it's like I still feel I have the, exactly the same qualms about the combat, which is that it feels a bit lightweight and flimsy. But just horde modes by their very nature, if the combat is even satisfactory, which I would say it is in in this case for the most part, there there is there is definitely a compulsion to trying to beat your high score. I ended up playing the three stages that I have unlocked multiple times uh, because I was yeah I was actually having quite a good time. So if you do see this game for six quid and you like horde modes i wouldn't i would say not to give it such a massive swerve so you played it too carl yeah i um kind of out of curiosity i was wondering whether i could actually find a game and i found a game without any problem whatsoever with some people that were actually quite a high level so i think it was something that they would keep going back to um and i know camille is a fan of it um so that was kind of in my mind um when i when i went into it probably about two months ago um, and it's more fun than the single-player campaign. I would definitely say that. I mean, I wasn't great. The the player that I was playing with, um, I, I did play this a few times, so I played with a few different people, but on a couple of occasions it was the same person on multiple nights, so it was obviously something they played quite a lot, yeah. and they were considerably better oh, than yeah. I was at it. Yeah, and it keeps ramping things up. The longer you stay alive, the bigger the enemies you get. I doubt there's any, uh, given that we've had another five years of similar modes in other games, I'm not saying every game has them, but I, I imagine there's, without you know doing a, a show on all the games with horde modes, I couldn't 
tell you what I think is like the best one or even my favorite. But uh, but this was fine. And I was like, oh, actually, OK, it, it, it does feel like something of a redeeming feature in, in the after the awful soup that is the is the single player campaign. Uh, siege mode I didn't play. Take the side of either the creatures or the BSAA agents. Yep, I did play that one. Okay. Um, it's on the menu on the Xbox One. It's site if you go into the kind of multiplayer-ish mode. I can't remember what they actually call it on the splash screen. It rotates between different modes. So uh, mm. went like on a timer on a countdown. Oh uh, right. So it's like the uh, game of the moment kind of thing. Mm. Um, yeah. I guess it's to try and create lobbies that, that are populated. Um, and I did get into a siege game, um, and you kind of play both sides. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did actually, I won as the uh, BSAA, or I lasted longer than my opponent did when he was it, but I also killed him when I was the creatures. Oh, right. um, it was okay. It was on the bridge level from Chris's campaign. Mm. Uh, not the greatest environment to play it in, but mm. interesting mode. Okay. Like I, I, I enjoyed the concept more than the execution. Okay, sure. Uh, on 18th December 2012, a new multiplayer DLC was released with three new multiplayer modes, Predator, Survivors and Onslaught. Survivors, be the last one to survive this horrific mode, play alone or on a team. I didn't play it. I don't know what the difference is between this and mercenaries there may be reasons but the fact that these were sort of afterthought downloads mm. they, i mean sometimes like when we did obviously we did the uh, resogun show earlier this year where some of the extra modes were just uh, incredible um so it may be that these actually had a bit more time and thought put into them so apologies if we're doing them a massive disservice fans of survivors onslaught pull off as many combos as you can the higher the number the more enemies that appear on your opponent's stage interesting uh, Predator take down a human foes as the powerful creature Ustanak before they take you down. So I suppose that's a bit like being the tank in Left 4 Dead, isn't it? That that sort of uh, yeah. Or Jason in the Friday the Thirteenth game. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, Which I have not played. It's an interesting idea. I'm not sure how mm. often it's pulled off well, but uh, it's it's I I would be willing to give that uh, the benefit of the doubt. I think. So I suppose if we're being generous, uh, credit to Capcom for putting in modes which... They tried. They don't, <laughs> yeah, they don't fix everything. And obviously they don't fix the campaign. But actually in terms of a, of a value for money proposition, because the core gameplay isn't completely, you know, utterly worthless. No, uh, it's not, it's not broken. There's a lot of content in this game. It's not broken, yeah. There is a lot of content in this game. Yeah, sure it's is. far more along the lines of um, the PlayStation 1 style games where they would throw so many modes in development and kind of give you everything. Um, I think it would probably surprise a few people yeah. that maybe have steered clear of it due to the reviews. Yeah, um, It's a very long single-player campaign, but there is quite a comprehensive suite and of I know it's a different mods. genre with, the di- with different legacy but it's interesting this year we've finally had which people have actually been saying it's probably the way to go we've had Battlefield 5 and Call of Duty Black Ops 4 which neither of which have oh actually no my mistake Black, Battlefield 5 does have a campaign doesn't does, it does yeah uh, Black Ops 4 doesn't I have a feeling there's another game a high profile game without a single player well I mean Fortnite doesn't really yeah sure oh it does yeah Fortnite separated itself completely out from the single player campaign okay but anyway the Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is purely focused on its being very strong in its uh, sort of 
three main multiplayer mode areas and it just it just interests me because as we know they split off the mercenaries previously with resident evil to release a mercenaries game for the 3ds and it was moderately well received it would have been interesting if they'd actually obviously they put a ridiculous amount of money and time and effort into the campaign so it never would have happened but if they just released a bundle of all these extra modes that we're talking about it might have actually been not been quite so negatively received i don't know we'll never know Rob25x says, I thought I would have a great time and really enjoy Resi 6 playing through with a friend, but we both found it a bit of a boring grind. The missions went on too long, the story was very confusing, and the enemies were absolutely awful, a man turning into a dinosaur being the worst of all. Despite the overall disappointments of the game, there is a lot to like. The graphics are top-notch, and the controls are tight and responsive, if a little confusing. It's Resi 5 with more characters, more action, and more of everything. Just not very enjoyable, really. Ada's campaign played solo was the highlight of the game for me, especially her first mission. An okay game, very long, a lot to do, just not fun or as good as older Resi titles. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, counterpoint, a man turning into a dinosaur is kind of the best. Well, yeah, we've heard both sides of that, Con. <laughs> uh, it's not just a dinosaur, though. It's a oogly boogly risen evil dinosaur. It's a weird flesh dinosaur, dinosaur thing, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you get to uh, we didn't. Sorry, Carl, you specifically wanted to reference vehicle sections, and I, and I've skipped past that. So let's talk about that now. Among all the QTEs, uh, yeah, uh, wiggling controllers, mashing buttons, and the interminable climbing up things by altern <laughs> alternating the L and the R triggers, <sighs> there are also quite a number of vehicle sections. Now, as I say, for me, these are the bits normally in third-person action games i understand why they're there and some games have done them very well and made them very entertaining i think naughty dog even if even for those who aren't that keen on naughty dog gameplay i think in terms of kind of fun and spectacle i think the vehicle sections in their games are kind of wowing if nothing else uh but here you get put on various different craft including that barge we mentioned earlier which is possibly the slowest chase scene in the history of games <laughs> whoa watch out for that submarine <laughs> you have to rotate the controller as you it's paddle like forward at three in miles Austin an hour. yeah yeah totally. pretty much yeah so any excuse to get a rotation uh qte oh, in there so God. much yeah it's like mario party all over again they feel like Capcom i should have been issuing gloves um but Carl, you mentioned before we start recording. So there's, uh, there's, there's bikes, there's cars, there's helicopters, there's skidoos, the VTOL, oh yeah, the VTOL, jet. Yep, there's the barge. They really um, pushed some serious vehicle sections in it, and none of them are good. <laughs> So when third-person games normally do vehicle sections, they don't have you drive them. No. So uh, something like Max Payne 3, you're on top of a turret. On something like uh, Uncharted, you're on the train, but you're not driving the train. Um, and they can be stand out for multiple reasons, but the actual handling of them in Resident Evil 6 is beyond bad. So... If you're taking the car, for example, because they're all much of a muchness, um, you're going along this never-ending motorway with the odd overturned car to kind of avoid. You have a boost button, because, of course, it's got to be like Fast and the Furious. Mm. Um, 
and you're driving along, there's no feeling to the vehicle at all. No. It's kind of... Very boxy. Very. It felt retro yeah, to me. Like Even for, yes, even for uh, a 2013 game, it felt like something very from... Very retro. I don't know. PS1 early, era, the, kind of. Yeah, maybe late Yeah, late 90s, early 2000s at best. Yeah, yeah. where there's, there's no field. It, it, it's there as pure filler. Or the helicopter where you're going down the longest high street ever. <laughs> where And you're just going straight, and then helicopters keep flying in front of you, and you shoot them down because you've got rockets and bullets. Mm. And then you've got the strange battle where you're in the helicopter against the T-Rex, but if you want to move forwards towards the T-Rex, you don't hold forwards because that would be too obvious. You hold left or right, and then that'll sort of strafe you around the building to move close towards it. Like, it... I don't know who designed them, but they're all really, really bad. Same, yeah. Same same experience, really. Uh, playing them on the lower difficulties, at least they were hard to fail, I would say, on the most part. Although there were yeah. a couple of instant fail states for um, when you're weaving through some traffic and suddenly... A, the bike one yeah. specifically yeah. is kind of awkward. But the skidoo section, <laughs> when you're trying to get away and all the things are collapsing... And I must. I think I fell through the gap in the rocks three times. And it's so wanted to be it, such a spectacle, so but it, yeah, just fell short. Hmm. At least they were there, eh? Because there wasn't enough stuff to do I, without they, them. They, they were in fact there. Yes, you are accurate. Yeah. You remember, I've, haven't there been loads of podcasts that have waxed lyrical for hours about? their happy memories of the times they spent playing the vehicle sections in Resident Evil 6? Uh, probably. I mean, I guess. There's a lot sure. of podcasts. Yeah, the, by the law of Dom's averages, beard. yes, probably. <laughs> Dom's Beard says, dreadful game and still the only main resi I have never finished. Reprobate Gamer says, I think you need to really like the Resident Evil franchise and couch co-op or be a firm proponent of horror action for this game to be in any way recommended, and certainly not for anything but a decent sale price. Those interested in l- in the lore are better checking wikis. Yeah, that's, I like, really liking the Resident Evil franchise, I don't know, I feel like maybe you would be a little bit betrayed. Yeah, that's the old, I remember this this quote all the time in 80s computer games magazines. If you're a big fan of the arcade machine, you might get a kick out of playing this appalling conversion of it at home. No, <laughs> I'm the person who wants the good. I don't want to play a horribly butchered version of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I get Reprobate's point because sure. if you want to know what's happening, there is a lot of happening yeah. of your favorite, some of your favorite characters said, in this most game. most story. Not best, yeah, yeah. but most. Yeah. It's there. you got to know what happens. K-Sub-Zero 1000 again says, On paper at least, I understand and appreciate what Capcom were trying to do. Dedicating each campaign segment to a different style of gameplay sounds like it would be a great way of catering to both factions of the much-divided fanbase, while also offering something new in the process. But, in trying to please everyone, they spread themselves way too thin and ended up pleasing almost no one. I can only assume that the producers severely underestimated the resources necessary to make this ambitious project come to fruition and had to make do with what they had later on. The bottom shelf level, an encounter design, tasteless enemy design, over-reliance on insipid set pieces and complete lack of polish that resulted are impossible to ignore. The ungodly union of one of the greatest set of core mechanics in the medium, trapped inside one of the most tedious, clunky, unrefined and badly designed joke of a campaign ever created for a AAA video game. 
<laughs> I wouldn't go as high with with the greatest set of core mechanics or as low as uh, as the, the the joke of a campaign. But uh, <laughs> but I like it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, as is traditional, because uh, we like to be positive, although we're going to finish with our own summaries, which may uh, may make a mockery of this, I have finished with the most positive piece of community correspondence that we received about Resident Evil 6. There's a video out there which is called Why Resident Evil 6 is Awesome. Uh, there aren't many of those, but there is a video out there called that. Uh, so it's good to have that view represented. Super User says... Resident Evil 6 is a huge step up from its predecessor 5 and one of the finest co-op games I've played. It has a list of transgressions including forced walking sections and an overabundance of QTEs I'm happy to ignore for its innovative and exciting third person shooting action. The story was bonkers but it was always entertaining to follow and it made sense without forcing any lore on you. Unlike 5 there was always a driving force to what you were doing. The ending of Chris's campaign was genuinely touching. Each protagonist felt more like a character than most protagonists of previous Resident Evil games. The villain is absolutely ridiculous. All in all, if you approach the game ironically, I find it a lot more fun. The action scene direction is not half bad, with some genuinely memorable shots, like when every playable character is in the same frame. I should note, I played the majority of the game in co-op with a great partner. I greatly appreciated how the systems are designed to make the presence of another player meaningful. Your success is never individual. You really are part of the same unit. Resident Evil 6 is an imperfect stew, but its high production values, ambition and polish mean it meets all the hygiene factors and then some. Even at worst, you are getting a very different experience from the last hour, or indeed from the last shooter or zombie game you played. The variety really helps this wonderful, gigantic mess of a game. I can only like it ironically at times, but I will never hesitate to say I like this game, and I'm happy to recommend it to people looking for a brilliant time with their friends. There you go. Three word reviews, less positive overall, but again, we do finish with the most positive of our three word reviews. Follow us at Kane and Rinse. Carl. The Baboon Baron says, save your money. Magical Isopod says, can't unsee giraffe. Did we talk about yeah, that? We didn't. No, we didn't. The logo, yes. Uh, so yes. the logo looks like somebody uh, giving fellatio to a giraffe. Yeah. If you've never read that or seen it before, you're never going to unsee it now. Nope. <laughs> this is an accurate three-word review. <laughs> uh, Zoe Harwood says, this isn't Resi. Camille Rousseau says, utterly grotesque juxtaposition. Bearfish Pie says, resident outstays welcome. Clever. Reprobate Gamer says, dark, slimy mess. Wirt says, zombies of war. And Oodles O'Quim says, quite liked it. Nice. Good for you. End on a positive. Good for you, Oodles. Quite liked it. I wish I did. I do. Okay. Uh, Well, I think uh, I've got the order right here. Let's start with Carl. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah I, it's strange because I really didn't want to come onto this podcast and be seen as someone to just slate a game and this is in it's in a it should have been in a genre that's quite close to my heart I'm a huge fan of survival horror I understand that it is a smaller market than action and I kind of understand what was happening and I genuinely wanted to like this game a lot. And I went into it with the whole, well, many years have passed and, you know, we've avoided the hype. It's been patched. You know, it's kind of, I can take it mm. as it is. Mm. 
And I can genuinely say I have never disliked a game more that I've really wanted to like mm. when I went into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the game fought me at every stage, every step of the way, from uh, the bulletproof uh, enemies to the environments that were horrible to the um, moments where it's just a mess of storytelling and you don't know what's going on. Uh, the dodgy animations, the horrible vehicle sections, the frankly beyond appalling boss battles. There's so much in there that I just would would just get rid of completely. And I do think that it's kind of... uh, It does lose its identity in the worst possible way. But in contrast, I kind of understand why we got this as a product. You know, Capcom were going for the biggest market they possibly could. They looked at the things that were doing well, um, particularly clearly in Western culture. And we did kind of push for these kinds of changes with Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 5, and their only option was to go bigger. And they kind of did, but it just steered too far away from the things that we actually really liked. And we ended up with a product that, for me, is actually worse than Operation Raccoon City, and that was kind of the one that was getting absolutely slammed at the time. Um, it doesn't feel like a Resident Evil 6, and if I genuinely feel like if the community and people who love Resident Evil wasn't so vocally strong and defensive and loving of that franchise, nor the fact that Resident Evil 1, 2, uh, and 4 are regarded as all-time classics that are so important to the genre, Resident Evil 6 could have killed the franchise. Mm -hmm. Um, And you could... It's that bad you could create an argument that it probably should have. Thank God it didn't because, you know, Resident Evil 7 was the big change that really we did need. Um, I genuinely find it hard to give praise and I hate saying something is awful because that is a whole bunch of people's time and effort and love and care that have gone into no this one product set out, for none years. None of them set out to make a bad game or a game that you no, hate. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, no one's gone to make something that I've found at times offensive to play for being that bad. And in a strange way, the things that support the game in the multiplayer and the mercenaries are actually better than the campaign that is just too long, too stilted, too generic, too rubbish. And there are so many better alternatives. You know, if you want Resident Evil, play Remake. Play Resident Evil Remake 2 that's coming out next year. Play Resident Evil 4, 5. They're all better than this. Um, play, if you want a third-person action game, just play Max Payne 3. It came out the same year, and it is so much better. Um, or PS4, maybe? Oh, well, Gears 1 through 3, Gears oh, 4, I'm like a still four. bit on the fence myself. <laughs> um, it doesn't have bad vehicle sections, so if you do like bad vehicle <laughs> sections in a game, maybe Gears, Gears 4 is for you. doesn't have any um, vehicle sections, which is why it was uh, my favourite. Maybe try that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's Resident Evil 6 is a strange one because I can actually say, thank God it's out the way yeah. for the podcast. Yep. Oh, just once just not for me I'm sorry that's alright that's alright it's all good uh, Leah how about you you uh, love this game right totally yeah I'm gonna go play some more like right now no I, I'm not that's I... what we always end up saying after <laughs> you know when, when we generally when we've covered a game it's like oh I can't wait to play some more now yeah. yes. maybe this is going to be the exception I don't think so I 
usually, even when I don't like a game, I try to come up with a, if if this, then maybe you should still play it, because I really hate to come out as completely negative on something, but I am pretty much completely negative on Resident Evil 6. I did have a good time with it when I played in co-op, but it was, as I said before, kind of in spite of the game itself. If you are looking for a good co-op time, there are so many more good co-op games that you can play, uh, so I would actually recommend that you seek one of those out uh, rather than going to uh, to Resident Evil 6. It's just... I. I I can see what they were trying to do, which is, of course, damning with faint praise. But um, I, I just I wish that it had turned out the way that they probably envisioned that it would when they were designing it. It's just it's too much and it doesn't all fit together and it's too long and things get repeated. And it's just I didn't. I didn't like it. And I, that, that really bothers me to say because I wanted to. I wanted this to be great. It has all of the elements. It's it's kind of a classic case of, well, all of the right things are there. So why is this bad? Uh, and, and I think that we've we've maybe started to kind of unravel why it was bad. But it's it's disappointing when something like this happens. And I didn't even have a, a huge connection to the Resident Evil series in general. I imagine that there are a lot of people who did have a uh, a connection to the Resident Evil series in general who ended up feeling really, really sad that it came out this way. And um, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I've pretty much gotten out most of my venom on this already. But I will finish up with saying that I'm sorry that I can't recommend this, but I can't recommend this um, in pretty much any instance uh just skip it if you have to play something play the leon campaign and then stop do yourself a favor and just Mm. quit but i i wouldn't even necessarily recommend that that's only if maybe you got it for your three dollars or whatever it was um i i I didn't play any of the multiplayer so i can't speak to that but uh, it sounds like maybe that's the better direction to go if if you do have a copy of this and you really want to play it for whatever reason listen i understand sometimes i play bad games on purpose and that's okay uh but know going into this that it's not a good game and you probably should not expect to unironically enjoy it um so yeah that's that's what i got yeah i've just got a load of bits and bobs of thoughts in my head i've got normally i, n- I never script these summaries uh i don't think many of us do but normally something kind of flows out but i don't i don't feel like i've got any flow about this game i just yeah. it's it, it's That's such fine. a hot neither does the game <laughs> exactly it's there's there's so much of it it's it's got some r- real you know if, if we're going to be kind of pretentiously critical about it it's got it's got things that I would, even as a non-qualified uh, person, I would say there are. You know, it has games design flaws. Uh, I think because we've looked into it so closely, we can see what the ambition was. That was probably grand, as as we've all alluded to. That if the game had come out resembling what 
they had pitched internally, even if there was no design document, although I suspect there was for a $100 million game, uh, it could have <laughs> been amazing. They were obviously trying as best they could to make the biggest, best, most action-packed, exciting Resident Evil that catered for everyone, catered for modern tastes, catered for stealth players, catered for survival horror players, catered for action game players, and ended up spreading themselves so ludicrously thin over a game that, even just that, yeah, the single player lasts oh, 20 hours and, yeah, to do everything on every difficulty would take you literally hundreds of hours of playing this really very perfunctory, uh, occasionally wildly flawed third-person action shooter. Uh, but in the end, it's just so stupid and perfunctory that it doesn't warrant spending that much time with it. Like, for... The reason I'm going last is because I think that personally like if i i reviewed it as i say i think i probably gave it like a two stars out of five i think the the last lot of reviews for the ps4 version where it came out at around 50 percent as an overall score i think for the whole package at a current digital price of under 10 pounds is probably about right like i don't think it's i've played i've played many worse games i think maybe it's partly my age i grew up with very low expectations often games that you bought in the 80s just flat out were almost literally unplayable and this is nowhere near that and you can see the work that's gone into it if nothing else you get some entertainment out of it sort of unintentionally the mercenaries mode you'll probably get five pounds worth of entertainment out on its own if you actually care about high score modes but yeah i mean what what a pudding and as i say it just it just feels to me like not a Resident Evil mainline game. That's the weirdest thing. Like even as somebody who's only just played a little bit of the side stories, the guide ends, the the side projects, it doesn't feel like it was the successor to Five. Some people, I know, to some people it does. We've actually had people say it's like a better version of Five. Like to me, it isn't. Five was like a not as good version of Four, but it still had lots to like about it. This feels like a completely separate project that remembers what happened in previous games in some ways, but in other ways throws everything else out. So yeah, what a stodgy old bizarre, hilarious but quite boring mess. <laughs> That's that's me being the most positive. Uh, <laughs> so it remains for me, Leon, to thank Carl, Leah and editor Sean, as well as our correspondents. And of course, to you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe. I know we always go through all this stuff on podcasts and people kind of switch off, but go to canorince.com. There's loads of stuff to be found there. You can review and rate our podcast. That really does help. And you can drop us a dollar a month or more if you like at patreon.com slash You get every show a week earlier, extended sometimes by up to 25% or more, uh, an exclusive monthly bonus podcast, which is uh, growing into more and more of a thing with Jay and myself and, uh, and our ever-lasting gratitude. Next time, in issue 347, we discuss whether The Last Guardian was worth its weight in gold or if it turned into something of a Trico pudding.
If I could keep my feelings locked tight till you open. 